And welcome to episode 393 of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. 393? 393. Wow, we're like a week's worth away of shows to before we hit the big 400. That's right. <clears throat> wow. It feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> Some cases, cause it's kind of like a life sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how's things? Good, good. Uh, you know, I, I didn't do too much, um, you know, due to the fact that we had like some bad weather and, you know, there's not much you could do. And, but I, I did I did do some – I did watch a movie and, okay. and I watched some YouTube stuff that I thought was interesting that I wanted to share with everybody was uh, this past week uh, in Japan, they opened up Nintendo World at Universal Studios. Yes, they did, Ed, because yeah. I work in an industry that – showcase that <laughs> okay so uh so there was there there's a local uh well not low well somewhere here in the u.s and they have they basically have like kind of like reporters in each of the uh, uh parks for disney and and for for universal uh you know in those areas and stuff so i got to see a lot of the video uh, of it like some of the rides uh, some some ride through uh, uh things what the stores look like and uh, i have to say that uh I think Universal is uh, stealing uh, uh, Imagineers <laughs> and, and bringing them over because it's impressive. I mean, it, it's it's beautiful. It makes you want to go to Japan just to – now, they're building one here in Florida. So, you know, in, in, in well, yeah. so many years, it's going to be finished here in, in Florida. But they, they opened it up first to Japan, you know, because so, uh, I know they've been working on there for, for a lot longer, you know, than here. Um but it's it's impressive. I mean, just to see the land. I mean, if you feel like you're in Super Mario World, it really is. The the every little thing, like the Toadstool, you know, to, the the uh, I can't even think of some of the characters in it. But Toadstool's in it. He has a restaurant. Uh, there's a One Up Factory, which is their store. Uh, has like you know shirts and you know and, and it, it, of course in Japan though they're they're a lot of their souvenirs are based off of when they bring stuff back to people. It's food. As they're, you know, instead of like keychains and, you know, uh, pens and other other things, I mean, which they do sell, but their main thing is like cookies or or, or some kind of treat to bring back to okay. their coworkers and family members and stuff like that. So they have a lot of cookie tins, you know, and they're all based, you know, in the you know Super Nintendo world, and uh, it's it's really neat to see. I mean, it's, it's, if you, I think it's, I have to look up the uh, thing as, as I'm talking to you here. Well, well, while while you're looking up, let me show you what I saw. Okay. We don't, we don't have the, we didn't have like an extensive thing. We just have like a blurb, Um, you know, like it's so-and-so from GSTV doing like a little thing, like a little vignette about it. And it looked pretty cool. What was interesting was they have like these little, I'm going to call them fast pass um, wristbands. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that will double as an amiibo for whatever reason. I don't know exactly what they had. They didn't really get too open about it. They just said that um, the creator basically said that the wristbands will be used to activate um, things on the land, like uh, the the coin boxes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get tokens, or you know, like uh, virtual tokens. They also didn't say what you can cash it in for. At least, at least not in my vignette. Maybe they went into more detail in yours. Um, but it was like you get tokens and, and virtual tokens, and you can cash those vir- virtual tokens in for something. Uh, it looked really interesting. Um, I it, it looked 
like I'm uh, okay. I'm gonna say it. You're absolutely right. It does look like it came out of a video game. At one point, I thought it was just a computer animation of what the what it sh- what they think it's gonna look like <laughs> because it's so very very like I mean it looks like it's it's crisp. It's clean. It's it looks really cool. Um, the some of the door frames like I had like a Bowser. Like, I guess Bowser's castles was predominant in the screen that I saw. Uh-huh. The uh, it just looked really, really big and expensive. <laughs> oh, I, mean, like, just... I don't know. I don't know where any of the rides are, but I did see you know like uh, Toadstool, and I saw you know all the little things going on. I'm like, well, that should be interesting. I I I, I can't wait to get you know it comes to you know a state side near me. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if I was like I said, I was watching these videos. Now I I watched this this YouTuber a lot because he talks about Florida a lot and he does like a, a daily news brief, like almost like, you know, like the six o'clock news or 11 o'clock news and you watch it. And, uh, uh, and, 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 um, it's it, it, like I said, it's, they give you, they give you like, they do like walkthroughs and, 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 uh, uh, different, you know, uh, ride stuff like they they have, what really blew me away was, yeah, I know. I know this is going to sound ridiculous. Is the line? It's the line cues, because uh, the the they there because there's how many people in Japan that do this kind of stuff for, for like Super Nintendo World? There there were like four rooms, and these were huge rooms. They were like big. Imagine like a big warehouse, and it, and it's there's all these like gates that you know like like a bank line you know with that with that that serpentine right. line that's what it was but it has like all these little like artworks on the walls and he's like because you were going to like it was it was super mario kart was one of the rides that you were going through and it has like all like the stuff that you would see like the trophies that they have in the game and stuff they're physically there it's like a like a trophy stand and it has all the trophies for all the all the uh, uh you know different roads and stuff like that and it's like a four-person car and you get into and you're you're racing against bowser and 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 mario and and all this kind of stuff and then they have a yoshi yoshi's adventure ride um the channel is called universal parks news today that's the that's the name universal of park universal parks, parks news, news today, today. yes and this it's exa- you the whole rundown yeah it gives you the whole rundown and they have like they have like three or four different videos and, and like i said they because a lot of them are ride uh ride uh, through go, go through so like you know so he's filming it as he's dry you know as he, as he goes the super mario one you couldn't really like see too much because it's a virtual reality type of thing they give you a okay. little mario cap to wear uh, type of thing <laughs> and then as you go closer into the ride into the ride they give you the <clears throat> 3d you know virtual reality helmet to, that clips into the hat basically to complete the look and then <laughs> Hey, because the hat's adjustable, it's got a little knob in the back that's, you know, because it's a plastic Mario hat that you're wearing, and then you can adjust the brim of it. So, you know, if you're a big head or a small head, it, you know, you can adjust so it fits perfectly for you. And then, like I said, these glisses, it's not like they're, they're 3D glasses you wear. They clip onto the hat. Like, it's a whole, like, setup. 
And it's like, okay. it's amazing. And then the four people get in this car and based on where you're looking, you can, you're riding through this course and it's just like Super Mario Kart, like where you're riding through and all of a sudden there's that cube where you pick up something like the bananas or the turtle shells and then you're throwing them at, at other cars, other racers, you know, type of thing. And that's the, the idea of it, you know, kind of thing. And I don't know if you're moving or not because like I said, the, the way he, way he filmed it was through the glasses. So you could see right. the, the the world of it, and it was just it was it was so neat looking. I mean, like I'm like wow, like like this is this is really gonna blow away Disney in a lot of ways, you know, co- yeah. like a competition. But like but like I, I I a couple times I'm like watching like Disney should sue like because <laughs> like the queue lines and how they're formed and how how it's all done. It's just like this is so Disney esque. Like like having barrels out like oil barrels and you know because it's Mario Kart and it's like oil you know for like racing and racing tires like. And this, the way they're like set up as artwork, you know, it's like a statue and you walk by it, you know, and it's just like, yeah, Disney does a lot for a lot of cues. Like whatever the theme is, they'll, they'll put something in, in the line to give you more of a, you know, that, that feeling you're going through this like, adventure like type of thing. And I'm like, wow, they're really, they're really. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you can, you can patent line management. That's, 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 <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's ridiculous I mean, to say that. If not, then the banks can sue Disney. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no. See, that's the thing. Like, our, banks don't have artwork that you know pertains to. You know, you're not going to see a thing of money like a pile. <laughs> That'd be great, though. Now, if you go through a bank, you know, all of a sudden, like, there's a stack of cash, or there's these safety deposit boxes, you know, uh, stacked precariously, you know, as you're going through that, that serpentine <laughs> and, line. <laughs> and, and at the end, after you get your teller, you walk through a, 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 a gift shop. Um, shop. And the, but that was the other thing too. The ride was over. Where'd they end up in? A gift shop, well, of course. <laughs> but if you think this, yeah. this is not Disney. This is this is Universal. And I'm like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. This is too eerie. Like, <laughs> Disney's got to go. Hey, <laughs> that's our way to make money. <laughs> Someone get our lawyers on the phone and head on over to Tokyo, Japan, because I need to see this playing up close. <clears throat> Watch there be hidden Mario hats around the place. <laughs> <laughs> but like, hey, it's a, it's me, a ripoff. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my park. <laughs> hey, it's me, a Mario. Welcome to my park. Here's a Luigi. Here's a Princess Peach. She's got the nice baker shop. <laughs> Luigi's got the nice uh, Italian restaurant. <laughs> But they have like the, they have the the Cooper Troopers and they're walking back and forth. Like it looks like as you as you're walking through this park and like what you're saying with the bracelet and stuff. Like it's a bracelet you wear and there's there's boxes and you punch it and be based off the RF chip that's in the bracelet, it lights up. So it's like it's like ding ding. It's like it's like you hitting the like like your right. Mario hitting the coins. You know like ding ding ding. You know kind of thing. And it's the I think you level up and there's like there's like a thing with your app like a phone app and like you know that kind of thing. And I mean. They really did this up. I mean, it was like it's like it was like impressive. I'm like I'm like wow. Like I wrote, I want to go back to Japan now just to see this. And then you know I was like oh wait, there's one coming in Florida. And I'm like and yeah, that's great. You know I'll I'll probably have to check that out when it's when it's finally available. You know here in the United States. But it was just mind blowing to see this park. You know, of course in Japan, like they have to build big parks because of how many people are in these things. Right. But it's a huge right. land. I mean, like there's a castle. Like like it's it's. It it's it feels like you're going through like Super Super Mario, you know, like the original kind of Super Mario. You know, remember remember like some of the dark p- 
parts with the blocks, with the with the uh, spikes around the block, with the face on yeah. it. They can maybe have one of those going up and down, you know, kind of thing. They have the they have the plants coming out of the pipes, you know, kind of thing. Some of the doorways are pipes that you walk into, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it's it's really you know imagined so beautifully. It's like it's like wow, like this, you know. It's like I'm like like way to step it up, Universal. <laughs> like like first you got <laughs> Harry Potter, now you got this. I'm like like wow, this is the you know like this is. The, People are now going to be going to, you know, like I can either go to Universal or I can go to Disney, you know, I'll get like with the great experience the same way, either way. And it's like, and it is, it's like, it's, a, it's, it's remarkable. It truly is. It's just, it, it was mind blowing to watch. And I, you know, cause I've been seeing concept art. I've been like, I've been following it, but I haven't really talked about it much cause it's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And then I'm seeing it from, you know, right. for the first time you're like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the place to this is the place to be you know um but there's there's other there's other just wanted to mention too there's other youtube videos out there you know like i said the the one universe universal parks news today like i said he just covered because he they cover disney tokyo disneyland there you know and they've been branching out with with universal lately in the last couple of years because of uh, uh um some of the slow moving going on in Disney the re, like during like a ton of reconstruction in Disney right. so there's not really much to report you know in terms of new things and of course COVID's slowing around so they're trying to find other things to do but like I said though watch these videos on YouTube when you guys get a chance you'll enjoy it I've, I enjoyed it it's just it's just neat to see some of the some of the stuff like the, those 2D images come to life and how like wow like that's that's how I see it like like it's just it's just spot on. It's just like something you would think of when you when you uh, when you go through if you build a park. Like yeah, that's exactly how I would do it. Like it looks just like how how I imagine it would be, and it's, and it's it does not disappoint. I don't think in any way. So, okay, so if I have to have to show, maybe I'll peruse through the you the YouTube's to see if I can if I can find it. Yeah, because uh, it looked like I said I only saw. The vignette is maybe like two, maybe three minutes long, um, maybe maybe five max, and it doesn't really showcase anything outside of the fact that um, of what it looks like briefly, mm. you know, and some v- virtual talking points like, "Hey, here's here's what the watch looks like," or uh, "Here's him interacting." Uh, the guy, I think it's the guy who created Mario Brothers. I think he walks around and he kind of shows the land. Obviously, that's you know. For obvious reasons, um, so yeah, I do. I I I, I might have to take a big peek. Like said, there's there's a, there's a lot of. I'm, I'm flipping through YouTube right now as as you're talking, and there's a lot of like 20 minute videos, 15 minutes, 40 minutes videos. You know, okay. uh, uh, almost an hour on some of these. Some of them are real short, but it's just like I mean, just to look some of the just the the, the thumbnail um, pictures you get to see. It's just just mind blowing to to watch. You know, kind of thing. I mean, it's like I say, but they like because we, we, we were watching it too, and there was like because there's other lands, you know, in Universal. Like I think there's a Snoopy land and all. And they're wearing like Snoopy ears and all, and I'm thinking. God damn it! Like that's that is really Disney right there. I mean, you know, some of the some of the stuff that these 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 people are wearing, you know, because the Japanese will eat this stuff up. I mean, they they're more fanatical about this stuff than anybody else. Like you know, like you know, uh, you, you know, like Disney, they love Disney. You know, like they'll dress up and all that. You know, somewhere somewhere Duffy outfits, which is uh, Mickey's teddy bear, which is only really popular in Japan. Really, I mean, there's a, there's a quite a number of of Americans that follow Duffy, but it's not as as they don't make as much as they do in Japan. You know, it's it's crazy over there. 
Um, but uh, uh, but they'll dress up as the bear and walk around in the park as, as Duffy the bear. You know, like okay. <laughs> which is to me like you know, but that's a thing. Like though, I was watching a video for 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 um, uh, for Disney, and I. I, I, you know, like I stop watching the people because like a lot of them, the vloggers will be standing in Disney and they'll talk to you in the front of the camera, like the, like the intro or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm just sitting there going, wait a minute, did I just see somebody walk around with a, with a, a, a rebel pilot helmet wearing Yoda on his back? And I had to rewind it. Sure enough, right in the background, there's a guy with a wearing wearing a helmet, wearing wearing a rebel helmet, like you know from from Star Wars with Yoda as a backpack. He's and I'm like, yeah, only in Disney. So you'll see that. But I was like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm laughing, but I'm like, yeah, I'd probably be that guy. You know, because it's like it's like an eighty buck helmet. I think you have to buy. You know, they they, they charge you. I think it's fifty to eighty bucks. It depends on the I think the size or whatever. So yeah, it's like yeah, I'd be wearing around that park because it's like that was expensive. Like I'm gonna wear this damn thing. <laughs> you know, but that was just you know my take on it. But it's like I said, uh, I I highly recommend it if you uh, get a chance to check it on YouTube. I'm telling everybody else who uh, uh, think. Um, but I also did watch a movie uh, this 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 past week that I wanted to see for a while, and I finally got around to seeing it because I found it digitally cheaply, so I I picked it up. I'm having a hard time finding it on um, actual uh, you know physical media because uh, it was out. It came out um, in t- eleven years ago, two thousand well, twelve almost twelve years ago, in two thousand nine. Uh, Woody Harrelson. And uh, Kat Dennings is in this movie. Uh, okay. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Uh, it's a superhero no. movie. That helps you. A superhero movie with Kat Dennings and Woody Harrelson? Yes. I don't know. No, okay. It's a movie called Defendor. Uh, okay. Uh, Woody Harrelson plays a character uh, named Arthur who is slow. Um, and he grows this, up. Uh, this already sounds politically incorrect. <laughs> Probably <laughs> is. Cat Dennings plays a hooker. Um, <laughs> well, now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> and in some of those outfits, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Um, but uh, it, he plays. He plays a. He plays a character that. Basically, his mom was, I think his mom was a prostitute, uh, a drug user and a prostitute. And she ends up giving his, her, Woody as a young child to his grandparents to take care of him. And he never knew who his father was and he grew up. And there's always flashbacks when he was a kid and stuff. And he's asking questions. And basically, he, uh, the the grandfather tells him that the captain captain of industry has killed his mother, so he becomes defendor to to, to help people against the captain of industry, and that's that's his his job. Um, he has a daytime job as a construction worker. Uh, uh, a friend of his, uh, uh, played by uh, a li- no, um, uh, Michael Kelly. It's there's it's like a lot of good character actors in in this movie. Um, but he plays uh, he plays a construction uh, for the city, and he gets this guy a job, and he's basically one of those guys that stand there with a the sign doing the slow and stop, you know, uh, uh, 
sign, you know, like in a, in a road, if, if it's like a one lane thing for cars, you know, to get through, that was, that was, you know, uh, Woody Harrison's job in this actually, but, oh, okay. but, uh, he, he plays a superhero and, uh, basically he meets up with Kat Dennings because, uh, somebody, so she's, she starts to scream cause she's, she's being kind of like violated. So he comes in and saves the day and it's like this undercover cop that that's the actual like doing the thing because he's uh, he's supposed to be working undercover, but he he's one of those co- cops that like you know works undercover but ends up turning over to the bad side because he's making money as a um, you know as a uh, uh, you know as a criminal versus a cop. So he's you know he's he's pretending to arrest somebody once in a while, but he's generally you know just you know uh, part of this gang and all. So Cat Dennings tells him that, that that the Captain Industry is this this guy who's a drug dealer and also um, uh, does human trafficking, you know, kind of thing. So he decides to stop, but they, of course, he gets in trouble. So he, you know, it's, so it's always flashback scenes and all, and like you have to watch it in its entirety. But it was good; I enjoyed it, you know. And it's it, the the ending is kind of sad. Uh, but it was a really good movie. I, I, I highly recommend it. I, like I said, I saw it like I saw it like years ago at a Best Buy, and I didn't pick it up then, you know, because it was like I'm like, oh, like it's, it's like Woody Harrelson trying to do a superhero movie, <laughs> and it looked it, it looked terrible, you know, like kind of thing, and you yeah type of thing. And then I then somebody talked about it, and I was like, oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, I gotta I gotta check this out. And I never did. I could never find it because I was always looking for it on uh, on DVD or Blu-ray. I could never find it. So finally I found it digitally and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I want to watch this. And it was worth it. It was really, really good. It's a really good story versus, um, you know, just being a standard superhero movie, you know, which is not. Uh, but it's, right. a, it's, it's a good character piece, uh, you know, and... Uh, you know, it was it like I said. I highly recommend it. You know, I gave it. I gave five stars out of five. So, it okay. was really that good. Uh, you know, because it was like I said, it was less of a superhero movie and more of a like a character uh, piece. And it was and how the characters interact with each other was really really good. So, uh, so I recommend it. But so uh, yeah, that's that's basically what I did. Also, to uh, I think last week I was talking about my TV, you know, and I, I was trying to get it fixed and I took the cover off, took me a while to get that. And it was working fine. And I was testing it for a while and it never, never gave me lines. So finally today I gave, uh, the one I had downstairs, the one you gave me in my, in my, uh, man cave, I gave, took that up for my wife and I set up the old TV and it's still working fine. It's the, you know, thing I still have the cover off of it cause I'm waiting for it. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, I'll put the cover on, and today it'll be fine. And then tomorrow I'll be like, "Son of a bitch!" Now I gotta take this thing all apart again. <laughs> so, so for a while I'm gonna leave the back off of it and see what happens with it. And uh, uh, you know, hopefully I can fix it without uh, have to putting it back. To, you know, putting it back together and taking it apart again. But uh, so right. far, knock on wood, it's been working fine. So, okay. So that was that's my week. How about you? What what have you been doing this week? Um, well, I mean, work, work, work. Uh, I watched, I watched some TV too. Um, I, I just want to say right now, I, once in a while I go through, uh, the voodoo, um, mm-hmm. to see what's on sale and just to let you know, probably the entire, I didn't even know they even had it. The entire Highlander C- series is now digitally. Really? Yep. Only 40 bucks. 
<laughs> I'm like, at seven seasons of 22 episodes apiece, I'm like, well, that's actually not bad. <laughs> I saw it the other day, and I was like, of course, I threw it on my wish list because eventually I'll, I'll, I'll snag it at some point in time. I was like, oh, look at that. And I know you're a Highlander fan, so I was like, oh, I should tell Ed. He might be interested in that as well. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I I like that show a lot. I know a lot of. I know you were a huge fan of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, our friend. I know a friend of the show, Dave Sipon, is also a huge fan of that show. Uh, well, I think he's more fa- uh, a fan of the movie series, but he did. I know he did watch this the the television series uh, straight through. So he, I know he highly enjoyed that. So I have to mention it to him when I see him, if I've talked to him again. So is it is it just on sale or is it do you think it's something that's going to be like for a long while it's going to be like, it's um, like it's forty bucks? I, I I don't know. It says bundle and save, so it's not you know like usually when you do the ad they usually have the whole like hey this is on sale right now like that little highlighter above it. Yeah, this one doesn't, so I think it might be forty bucks all the time. Okay. You okay. Know, also, too, remember how I was talking about Hell Comes to Frog Town and yeah. how Stacy bought it, you know, got it for me for. A, for, I think it was the Christmas. I think it was, uh-huh. um, or just randomly. Uh, it actually now it's it, it's on Voodoo now. <laughs> I was like, oh look at that, sons of bitches! It's like I'm just ahead of you. Let's see. I have I. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, it's been hasn't been a year since we we cut the cord, but uh-huh. I have been trying to. Um, brought in my horizon or I don't I don't veg out and I guess that's not true I do veg out in front of TV still but it's in a different way um, this week I did as always like I said I'm, I, I take notes throughout the week to dis- determine whether or not it's, if something show worthy is happening right. so I was like ooh let me put that down so I did it started off last week Stacey and I watched a documentary on Amazon called Under the Boardwalk it's the Monopoly story it basically kind of gives you like a, a not only does it give you a history of the board game Monopoly but it also takes place during when they have a worldwide Monopoly tournament where people show up and they play Monopoly for money and become an ambassador for the game wow it, it, it's and um, that's briefly like I said there was there was there's a guy in there who actually is kind of a dick you know, like, you, the, I, I always assume that, you know, when you do a documentary, you want to put your best foot forward. But when you have to kind of, when you're doing a documentary about people, and what do you do when one of those people kind of comes off as kind of a jackass? Mm-hmm. You just let that person be a jackass? But it was, it, there, it's, I forget what's his name. I forget whatever his name was. But he's one of those guys that <laughs> loves Monopoly. He had, like, this Monopoly shirt that his mother made. And the guy's got to be... Mm, our our age, I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's best way I describe it is he's one of those people who hangs out with people who are smarter and better than him, and he thinks he's going to be good by osmosis. <laughs> okay. That because I mean, instead of being friend, like he searched out all these monopoly like gurus and stuff and befriended them or became you know they became his mentor and to help him train for these things and you're like really you need like 
hearing him talk, it's like he's one of best like, friends. One of those people that just kind of be like, oh well, I don't understand why I lost when I have the best coaches and I have all this and you know, or if someone beats him, well, who do you know? How did you get this? Like. You just go, dude, maybe he's just better at it. Like, you could sit there and have all these people around you that know how to play the game, and but it still comes down to you getting your ass handed to you from like by a 12 year old because he just rolled better. I mean, it, that didn't happen in the movie. I'm just saying, like, there's a little bit of luck in it, but there's mm-hmm. also there is like a, a teacher who, who teaches probability, so he learned the math behind it behind the roles and the stats and which one to like like there's a strategy believe it or not there is a strategy to monopoly <laughs> you know and it was it was fa- it was a fascinating watch it was only like an hour maybe like an hour and 10 minutes maybe, maybe an hour and a half at most but it was it was it was interesting enough to be like all right I'll watch that you know with cuz Stacy loves the game um, but then I because it was on Amazon you know how they usually give you, well, if you like this, try this. So I fell down a well and started highlighting stuff that I wanted to watch during the course of the week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One thing I watched was United We Fan. It's about fans who have saved TV shows in the past. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there is a Bjorn and... Uh, oh, it's... Uh, I forget. It's not Bjorn. Um, the, the Trimbles. They did a letter campaign to save the original Star Trek because Star Trek was going to be canceled after the second season, even though it lasted three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this couple started a, a letter petition with, you know, the backing of, well, not the backing, but the kind of like the, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, getting access to TV stars was a little bit easier to do than it is now because now people have publicists and there's so much TV around. So back in the day, these people actually knew Gene Roddenberry because he approached them to get his Star Trek stuff in like a fashion show at a convention. Not a comic book convention, but a different kind of convention. Mm-hmm. Um, so they befriended him and they were, you know, they came down to the set a few times. And then when they they were there one time and they, they the, the, the actors and the crew were kind of acting like a little stiff. And they found out that the show might not be picked up for a third season, so they were like, "What can we do?" And and it was it was interesting. It was this story was peppered through other things that have happened. Like um, uh, ultimately, what came down was that it turned into a story about the VQT, which stands for Viewers for Quality Television. Mm-hmm. This was in the mid '80s, um, and it started with a show called Cagney and Lacey. Do you remember Cagney and Lacey yet? I sure do. Okay, for those people who don't know, because why would you? Cagney and Lacey was in, was part, it was a TV show about two female cops, two lead female cops. There wasn't a lot of. Um, it was very ahead of its time mm-hmm. for for that era, um, but it did, wasn't really popular because it was on late at night, and it just didn't. It wasn't sure it was going to pick up. So this woman, Dorothy. And the producer of the show at the time, I forget his name, they, you know, they kind of knew each other. They met. And because she was a fan of the show, she kind of like wrote to him and he wrote back. Again, this is during the era of no Internet. You know, they had phones and stuff, but most of it was done through letters or through phone calls. Um, So her with his support or his kind of helping her or guiding her who to talk to. 
they got Cagney and Lacey, they got the station to replay the episodes over the summer, because again, this is before cable. So they got real popular over the course of the summer through the, through the reruns. Mm-hmm. So much so that it actually wound up getting the show to be renewed for a second season. And I, I don't know how many seasons the show had. But I remember it was one of those, it was a, like, oh, they saved the show. So the producer and her got kind of, not tight, but, you know, they, they were friendly. And then it became like, okay, well, then this woman became the person who saved TV shows. And it was like, okay, well, what about this show? And what about that show? And she would help these people. And eventually these people joined, a, uh, like formed a, a group called the VQT, the Viewer for Quality Television. And they kind of sat up on high and were able to kind of judge what shows that were on the bubble should or should not be saved. Now, in the beginning, it start, it's kind of interesting. It, it, it's like, oh, that's great. They're working for quality television and stuff like that. And, and it's, and they had like an award show where they had people like um, Kelsey Grammer, Scott Bakula was on there because of um, because of Quantum Leap and Fraser Crane. You know, the, the all the, like it was it was interesting to see. Mad About You was another show, and and it was like interesting to see these famous people now or at the time hugely famous interacting at a gala affair not you know basically like a dinner in an auditorium to get this glass cue which was their symbol for the viewers for quality television like giving like hey for being the best so and so here here's an award and and these people would show up because they didn't have publicists you know they or it was it was an honor because it was before the people's choice award mm-hmm. like you know but what i thought was interesting was how it turned into this like um absolute power corrupts absolutely in a way because at one point she did say um if they were worthy like so now there's a criteria that you have to um, you know meet meet um and if you don't meet that criteria then i guess you know you're not worthy enough or if you don't like the lead actor or a lead actress i guess you know you could be you know, well, we're not going to save you. Why? Because we don't like so and so. Like they got a little too. She, she, this woman got a little too big for her britches. I felt like, yeah. Um, so even to the point where her and the original producer, and in all fairness, when you watch it, the producer kind of feels like he helped create the VQT because it was he helped her achieve all this stuff that that they were trying to do. Um, so like after Cagney and Lacey finally went off the air, he started another show which was called The Trials of. The Trials of Rosie O'Neill. I don't remember that show. Apparently, it wasn't that good of a show. Uh, and the VQT kind of bad-mouthed. Not really bad-mouthed, but kind of was more like, well, we don't know if it's going to be worth being saved because of it's hard because the show's not really that good. And the producer, eventually the show got, did get canceled. I don't know if it lasted a season or not, but the producer dude was pissed off and they actually kind of like severed their friendship because of it because from his perspective is if you ain't got nothing nice to say don't say it anything kind of like you you fucked me so now I'm I'm going to be internally pissed at you because we're talking decades <laughs> um, another thing that the view the view VQT did save was um, Designing Women which was another female led show it was very um, it pushed the boundaries as far I'm as sorry, was language. that movie the trials of the show that trials of what the Trials of Rosie O'Neill. It starred Sharon Glass. I think it was Sharon Glass. Yeah. 
Um, she was, I think, Cagney in Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> that lasted two seasons. Two seasons. Oh, seven okay. seasons. Seven okay. seasons of Cagney and Lacey and, and uh, two seasons of the Trials of uh, uh, Rosie O'Neill. Okay. And then the other guy who created um, Design Women, which, again, the VQT liked, also created a show called Hearts of Fire. Which was a very brief show. It had uh, Marky Post and John Ritter, and it was like a political comedy type yes. half-hour comedy show. I remember vaguely seeing a couple episodes because when you're younger, in our age, there was two shows that I lived by, Three's Company and, and Night Court. And Three's Company was John Ritter and Night Court, because, not only because it's a great cast, but because Marky Post was on it. To see the two of them on a show kind of already had my... It was To me, it was like a, I, that show was made for me. The problem was I'm a teenager and I don't care about political comedy. So I it, I never watched it. But the VQT also didn't like the show either. So it got canceled relatively quick. But they asked that producer and he's like, I don't, you know, I don't remember why she, why they didn't like the show. And looking back, I can see us being mad at her because we were young and we want everything to be successful. But looking back at it now, it's like, it is what it is. I just thought it was... <laughs> Weird how like one person was like, eh, bygones be bygones, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> and the other guy's like, nah, fuck her. <laughs> like, like he lives in Florida, and apparently she lives in Florida. He's like, I don't even know she even lived in Florida. I am hope we never meet in the street one day. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, God, let it go, man. It's been ages. <laughs> like, it's not like your your pocketbook hurt. You know, you're still you still were a famous producer. I was like, but it was it was interesting to watch the dynamic and what other shows were saved through campaigns. Like they did talk about person of interest. Um, it, it was it was and and how it it touched on other issues, especially with persons of interest, because there was two characters who had a. Um, it was one of the very first um, gay relationships on television between two women, and it was I was like, oh okay, but then. It, Spoiler alert! One of the one of the characters gets killed. I mean, you know, but it it caused it sparked an outrage a little bit because during that time there was a bunch of gay characters being killed off, and the community was being vocal about it. And this person was just another like another person who died as, and they felt like it was it was a it was as a result of being a gay character that it was saying that they were saying something about it. Mm-hmm. And they had the writers, the creators of the show, talk about it. It was it was a fascinating discussion. Um, so, I mean, if you get a chance, find it. It's called, uh, United, we, United, we fan. Um, but then I got this one. I, I, I saw it. It's called, uh, ready, Ed. Yeah. Wolfman got nards. <laughs> okay. Now, right now there's a, probably a few select people. My sister being one of them went, Oh my God. Cause it has to do about the making of. The Monster Squad. It's a movie that I, I enjoyed when I was younger. My sister loves it. Loves that movie. I mean, I like it too. Okay, I'm, I'm going to circle back to that statement. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked the movie, and I remember watching the movie and having a good time, and uh, yeah, my sister loved it. And I'm, as a universal monster fan, seeing a movie with Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Mummy, the Loch Ness Monster, I mean, not the Loch Ness Monster, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, involved in a, like, taking on a bunch of kids. It was very, like, 
a horror version of Goonies. That's <laughs> 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 the best way I can put it. Um, and basically how the movie was made and, you know, the popularity of it. And I remember seeing the movie on video and I don't remember ever seeing it in the theaters. And the reason why that is, and I thought that was just very interesting, was the reason why the movie didn't do well in theaters, because it opened two weeks after The Lost Boys. Ah, okay. So it, so it could, back in the day, kids, you know, there was like, you, it wasn't about winning the weekend, it was because there was no um, video rights, streaming rights, there was no streaming, there was no internet at the time, because it was 1987. <laughs> <laughs> um so it was just in and how the how the um how the movie take t- takes on like a they try not to talk about it being like a cult hit because you know both the directors were on it some of the actors you know it was it was pretty fun but it made me wa- want to watch the movie after I got done watching it so I did watch Monster Squad over the week and I got to be honest I, it's a cute movie but there's a shit ton of plot holes in that thing. <laughs> I, I'm watching it going, wait, why are, why, like, they're after this, they're after this, this amulet that's going to open up a gate that's allow the bad guys to, like, rule, but it winds up being in some small town. They never tell you how. They never tell you what town. And it, there was, like, when you watch it, there's just, it made me a few times pause and go, why did they do that? How come how did they go from here to here? Was this, it just, it, the, I was like, it, it didn't hold up in some cases for me. So enjoyable, but as an adult, I'm going, that doesn't link up. <laughs> <laughs> that but doesn't I, I, add it's, up. it's still enjoyable. Um, also, eh, this is my, the final thing that I kind of made notes on. Um, do you remember the fan movie, um, Batman dead end? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was very popular for those people who don't know. Look it up. It's a fan-made film where it has Batman, it has Joker, it actually has a Predator, it has an alien in it. You see Batman fight a Predator in it. So I watched this. It's it's a documentary. Um, I, At this point now, I, I had to download, in order to watch Wolfman's Got Nards, I had to download a app on the Roku called Plex which is a offshoot of epics um, because just judging by the logo. Uh Um, And that's how I watched Wolfman got Nards. And again, it had, because I'm streaming it, it had some commercials, um, but I I didn't care because it's fucking free. Um, Then I I came down. I stumbled upon behind. It's called behind the mask, the Batman dead end story. And it's about the story of this fan film. Ultimately, Um, very fascinating. What's more fascinating is to watch how some people have this moment and then they, you can either do one of two things with that moment. You can ride that wave and propel yourself up to a you know different stratosphere or become a, what they would call a player in a game. Mm-hmm. While others squander that, that moment and shoot back down to obscurity. <laughs> right and and the reason why I bring this is because the guy who created it now he he was a sculptor he's a special effects dude um or, well now he is but at the time it's the oh, I want to get into business I want to write direct you know do my own stuff and 
he was kind of tired. Uh, he did basically what everyone who does a fan film does. Kind of tired of seeing all this and all that and, and decides to make his own and throw in, you know, well, I want to put a predator in there. I want to put an alien in there. Now, this guy was connected enough to actually have some real, like, Academy Award winning people on it. Not actors, but as far as special effects people go. Like, there was a guy, he, the guy who created it, I should have written his name down. You know, I don't know if you're, I'm going to, I'm going to look at, you know, at it, because I think I still have it. Find a mask. Okay. It is, um, Neil Adams is in it, by the way. They actually sat him down and talked to him. Um, which I thought was interesting because it's like, really? Because a lot of the stuff, um, Sandy Cholera is the guy who created the, who did the film. Uh, and some of the people who were in there are like top, top shelf special effects dudes um, because he worked for them and asked, pulled favors basically. Mm-hmm. He had enough clout in the industry at the, at the time where he was such an upper that at one point, Ed, you're not going to believe this. Spoiler for anybody who's listening. He actually had a meeting, a sit-down face-to-face with none other than Sylvester Stallone to be Batman. (laughs) All right? And to back it up, he also had Mark Hamill to do the voiceover for the Joker. Wow. This is how close, this is how close this guy was to the people in the industry. Uh, he sat down with Sly. Now, at the time, Sly's um, career wasn't really as high as it... It dipped. It was dipping. It was He was he was on the come down of being Rocky and Sylvester Sloan. It was before Balboa, Rocky Balboa came out, obviously before Creed came out, before the rebranding, the relaunch of the Rambo series, at least the Rambo movie. So it was... So that made him very interested in it, and he's... Apparently, Sylvester Stallone's a big Batman fan. Who knew? Um, so he was very interested in it, and but because it was, you know, because of the material, they didn't really have the rights to it. It was really going to be a fan film. Now, Sly said, yeah, he was in. He legitimately was in, in involved in it, and that's what caused Mark Hamill to be involved in it because it was like, well, Sylvester Stallone's in it. I, sure, why not? I could do the voice. What the hell? No big deal. But then the closer it got to production time, slide bailed out because his publicist and lawyers got involved and he's like, you know, I don't think it's a good I don't think it's gonna be any good. I, I just like hey, I'm Batman, yo. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, you joker. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting, like how close we could have had Sylvester Stallone in a cow and cape. <laughs> yeah. I I the dude's five two. I didn't want to throw that out there. I think he's five he's he's a short dude. So, I mean, you'd have to do a lot of up angles to kind of make him look tall <laughs> or get actors who are shorter. Now, granted, when you're standing next to, like, let's say, a 6'5 or 6'6 six, six dude dressed as the Predator or the Alien, it, it'll make the Alien and Predator look massive. Yeah. God, sure. Sure, why not? But if you're going to have him stand next to, you know, a Joker, you got to make sure that you film it correctly. <laughs> So, I, like I said, I thought it was fascinating. Um, in the end, what happened, he, he takes it to Comic-Con, and it's like this, you know, they do the fan events and stuff, and it was real popular, like standing room only. It was so popular that the guy who runs the entertainment of the of the con 
asks him if they can play it in, in Hall H at the big 5,000-seater. So you have this guy is like – I said it like – Christopher Walken there. This guy. <laughs> Sorry, I threw, threw myself off there for a second. I was like, I should work on that. <laughs> this this guy, he, uh, he gets like this. He basically, his ego gets the better of him. Ultimately is what happens. And you do watch the spiral of, because the way he talks about himself, you know, like, okay, well, what happened to him? Because after it was done, he had all these meetings. He was taking all, he was getting all these scripts. This guy actually was being asked or being vetted to 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 direct the Shazam movie. Wow. Okay, so this is, I mean, John Carter on Mars, like all these different movies. Now, granted, I mean, take that for what it's worth, but uh, like all these like big movies. Studios were kind of hitting him up, going, "Well, you know, how about doing this and how about doing that?" And one of his guys cut to one of his buddies who worked on, ironically enough, Monster Squad. As far as the, the special effects go, he's like, "I gave him the advice to just take whatever comes along because you don't want to just ride that wave because the sooner or later, if, if you don't if you don't strike while the iron's hot, you're going to get ignored." And it's kind of what happened. Spoiler. Um, but it's it's fascinating watching a person like you know go from like up high and just letting his own ego. I mean, they kind of they do address it at one point. He does talk about it because there is a clip of of him after the movie's done walking out to a crowd going, "That's right, let me hear you. I can't fucking hear you. That's how Batman's fucking done, right?" Like you just go, "Oh, all right." Yeah. <laughs> he's he's oh, I can hear I can hear the crash and burn coming soon. And that's kind of what happens, and he winds up, you know, it, it's it's the it's the road le- road not travel type thing because he kind of looks back and he's like, oh yeah, it was great, I loved it, and blah blah blah. But all these other things, it became an ego for him. It's like, well, I don't, I'm too good for to do that, and I want to do this, where I want to write it and I want to direct it and I want to create the creatures. It's like, dude, he didn't want to pay his dues. What it came down to, uh, okay, you know. But I mean, I say the story itself is is fascinating. It's you know a decent. It's a like an hour and a half documentary, but it was really cool. Especially going, I remember that, and I remember that because I I did buy like um a Batman fan film type thing once at a con where it had like Batman Dead and a bunch of little other fan films. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think everybody who's a Batman fan has seen this at one point in time. You know. Um, I, it's it's why I recommend. Well, I, I as as you were as you were talking, I, I did look it up. It actually is on YouTube, even if, if you know if if, uh, if people aren't streamers uh, to find it, uh, type of thing. And uh, I'm just trying to uh, I'm trying to find this here on my Roku here to see if there's what other places you can uh, download. Or Crackle has it. This documentary okay. Plex has it. Tubi has it. Um, so there is three three things. Uh, Prime Video has it, but yet whereas it requires the Prime uh, subscription. But the, okay, if, I, if I knew that, maybe I would have watched it on Prime, not just not Plex. But I, but to be honest, with looking through Plex, there was a bunch of my sort of highlighting stuff going. Oh, I kind of want to see that. I kind of like that. Looks like an interesting documentary. Like there's a documentary that Colin uh, Hanks, Tom Hanks's kid, does about Tower Records, which looked really really good you know because it's, it's con it's tom hanks is, is it the rise rise and fall of tower records yeah it is it's a good documentary 
you know, I wanted to see it. I always wanted to see it because I, I, as a person who their Tower Records was was the the place to go. I went there for blue the laser discs. I went down if you went down the South Street for those people who live in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. South Street had this great Tower Records that you know it was like three stories tall. Like you just go upstairs, downstairs, and had like. Oh, here's your regular room, and here's your rock and roll room. It was it was great, and then it just, it, I, I obviously um just by the trailer clearly Napster became a problem, and <laughs> that's kind of where I think the start it starts downfall. At least I, I'm gonna go back and watch it because um it's you know happened during my time. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember that it's my history. I I'm gotten I don't know what happened to me. Ed, because I used to be the kind of person that would like to consume entertainment as far as like, oh, I love that movie. I love this movie. I love this movie. But because I'm a sucker for behind the scenes shit, I think that's what did it is that laser discs and DVDs with audio commentaries, behind the scenes footage, it made me want to see and hear the story behind the story. So I've gotten to that point in my life where now I feel old because all I'm going to do is just watch documentary shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I, I remember, I remember the hype of it. Cause I mean, like you would, you would like back in the day when we were, when we were like, when media started becoming more available, like, you know, before the streaming world happened, you know, kind of thing, you would buy VHS tapes and you would buy these movies and that's all you got was the movie. So you you would end up renting or watching these movies like over and over again, like and you would you know I mean you would expand your universe by like you know every year more movies would come out and you watch those movies, but then you had your standard favorites that you would constantly watch over and over again. So you end up buying them on VHS and all this kind of stuff, and then it's like the DVD market comes out and everybody goes, well I got VHS. I mean I know it's a better format, but it's expensive and like other than what I'm doing, like why should I like upgrade? And that was right. the, that was the market. Like it was less like, well, we have these featurettes that not only do you get the movie, you get these these featurettes, and it's a documentary based off of the movie. Or there's auto condom, auto uh, audio commentary tracks where you get the the thought process behind the director, how this movie's made, and a lot of people who are like movie buffs and uh you know f- big f- f- you know like a f- especially certain films like you're, you're a huge fan of it and you watch it like a thousand times and you go wait i can get the perspective of this director behind this movie that i watch a thousand times i always wonder what he thought about why he made this scene you know kind of thing or you know or or even like like us who were like oh yeah that movie was terrible I wonder what the director has to say. Right. <laughs> like, what's his excuse for this terrible movie? You know, like, and you watch the audio commentary of a terrible movie just because you want to hear what they, what they have to say about the scene. You know, kind of thing. And that was the that's the idea of it. And it, and it's like you know, like these documentaries or these these little vignettes, and you know, have the actors and the directors and the writers talk about this movie as they're making it or it's been made. And that was like fascinating because you got more behind the scenes stuff. So you were you were excited about that. And that's why I think we really brought the DVD industry, the VHS, VHS industry to its end was because you you had a better format. And, 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 and there was more to that format than other than just the movie. And that's, you know, that's what grew. And our, our generation grew up with that. Like I went, well, yeah, I, I wanted that commentary. Like I'm, I'm, I feel that I'm getting more 
with this DVD that I did with the VHS tape. So you kind of, you kind of, you kind of get used to that, um, that position of, 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 of how they're, they're doing this, you know, kind of thing, you know, cause it's, it's disappointing when you get a movie, especially when you get a Blu-ray movie of a, of a movie that you like and they didn't bother because it was just like, it was like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's bugging me for it. I really don't want to, we don't want to put any money into it. They just do a, a, a transfer to Blu-ray, you know, just to play on a, on right. a Blu-ray player and there's no commentary tracks. There's no, you know, like extras or whatever, you know, kind of thing. But there's movies that they'll spend, like, let's spend a couple thousand, hundred thousand more on this or, you know, or a million dollars more on this movie so we could sell this Blu-ray version of it or the 4K version of it so that way people can, you know, thing, and they'll spend time cleaning it up and putting it in, you know, the high-definition uh, format, you know, like I think. So you get excited for it, you know, and you're and you're like, oh, you know, and then and then there's, like, there's extra, like, director's cut or, or an extra, you know, uh, deleted scenes that you've never seen before, and you get excited for it because it's like... Hey, I catch that, you know, kind of thing. That's why I think now, like with streaming, you lose that kind of stuff. So you you just get the movie, and it's like, yeah, that's great, but you know, I kind of miss the those commentary tracks. I miss those, you know, those those audio commentaries. So when you see right. a direct, you know, when you see a, when you see a, a, a documentary now, you're like, ooh, you know, and it's just like, and especially on an odd subject, especially <laughs> <laughs> Batman Dead End, you're like, hey, there's a documentary. <laughs> You know what? I enjoyed that. I passed that around. Like I think because we watched it here one night. I remember. I remember Sip Bond got it for us one night. On, he put it on DVD or something like that. We watched it on our on my television, and we were all blown away by it. We're like, "Wow, this is really great!" And, you know, and that was the that was the thing because it was cons. You were just passing it around. I don't think it was available on YouTube at the time. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, it was before YouTube, and and also like the only way you could get it was a bootleg version of something. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and so, so, so that's the thing. So now, you know, cause like I just, as, as we were talking, you know, I'm, I have, you know, I'm sitting here with my remote, like going through, you know, that Batman dead end is now on YouTube. You can watch it. And even the documentary. So you could watch both, you know, kind you of thing. but the thing was, that was like, that was 17, 18 years ago. I think 2003, that, 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 uh, 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 that, that bootleg came out. Now we saw it probably not even, it was probably like 2010, you know, we saw that one or 2012 or something like that. Like, you know, like we didn't see it to almost a decade after it was made, you know, yeah. like kind of thing. Yeah. So you, so you go, that's, that's, that's how, that's how like the, the underground works, you know, kind of thing. And, and you know, and, and it grew, you know, and it, and it did. It mean, like, I mean, at the time it was probably the hottest thing ever in California. Like people were passing that around going, Hey, you got to check this out. This is awesome. You know, it's a fan film, so we can't make any money off of it. Cause you know, the Warner brothers will sue right, right away or shut right. you down, you know, or whoever, you know, not even them, but they're the ones that, are, that own the rights to Batman at this point. But you go, you know, that's the, the idea is if it's in, in like to create that fan value. I mean, it was like, it was a brilliant eight minutes of cinema that you go, yeah. you go, wow. Like, like, I mean, like some of the Batman's you watch, you go, yeah, like they need to take a page out of this guy's book. You know? <laughs> he, right. he knows Batman, you know, this is, this is the way to do Batman, you know, especially with predator and, and alien, you know, you go, damn, this is, this is the way it should be, you know? And, and that's, that's what made it great. And you, and you, but that was a thing. It was like kind of like a passing fancy. It was just like, eh, you know, it was great. But, you know, I mean, I, I didn't see the documentary. So, you know, based off what you're telling me, the guy was a little bit full of himself to think that he could, I, you know. I'm, it's one of those things where you kind of be like, okay, 
you need to have a certain kind of chutzpah, you know, to do stuff like that anyway. But, you know, you have to know, like, even even in the documentary, people are going, you know, the guy was telling him to kind of like, you know, like, humility, humility, humility. Like, like you have to be grateful that these people want to see your stuff, you know, and that they like it. But you can't be like, yeah, I knew you were going to like it because it gives you the bad vibe. Like people are gonna really want to deal with that guy. He's kind of an he's kind of an asshole because he's just so um, not positive is not the right word. I mean, of course he's positive, but so like he's arrogant, uh, ag- right? Aggressive, aggressive, you know, arrogant. In, in his like, oh no, this is this, and this is this. You're gonna want to see this. You're gonna want to, you know. It's like he's the kind of guy that would hound somebody just to get look at my movie, read my script, read my script, read my script. <laughs> And then you go, you read the script and you go, oh my God, it is really, really good, but I don't want to work with you so because you're a jerk, so I'm not going to do it. Well, well, screw you then. I hate you. Well, <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> we, we know, I, I'm sure we everyone knows somebody like that. Yeah. yeah. You know. I know a couple people like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was... Just, it was that I'm also I had an interesting interaction at my job that I'm I'm gonna take a moment to bitch about. <laughs> I, I had it's you bitch it's about a, your job on this show. I think this is a first. <laughs> well, it was it was two instances. One happened before, and I might have already mentioned it on the show, but it was the same guy. I had a guy stand in line. Right, mm-hmm. I was busy. Stand in line, and the moment he gets up to me. Goes, yeah, I like to get twenty five shares. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I was like, You waited in line for that? Like I'm like, Wow, you really wasted that on somebody who doesn't care. <laughs> like I just looked at him like I don't what are you like, okay, about? that's seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and then he actually I, I don't know if he like, you know when you're talking to somebody and they, you think they're joking, but you also think that they're deadly serious in this conversation? Like, the conversation is so ridiculous that you, all you can do is laugh at it, but the person is very serious about the conversation? That's kind of the loop I was stuck in with this person. Because I just put them like, ah, look, I don't, I don't really, I don't know nothing about that. I don't care. They don't give us, like, well, they don't give you stock options? Like, I don't, maybe they did at one point in time, but it's, it's kind of, it's going to go back down. It's, dude, like, I'm not, I'm not a millionaire. Like if I was, sir, we wouldn't be talking. (laughs) I'm like, I looked him dead in his face. I'm like, I don't. Why are you? Why does this matter? Well, is there gonna be like a second round of buying this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) it's this is a video game store, sir. Not not a not a brokerage. (laughs) Good, good. Right. I'm like a second round. They go, will you put your name on a list? Like, like, yeah, put your name on the list. Next time the stock goes up on, you know, goes drops down to twenty dollars, I'll call you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you have a better odds of getting a PS5 at this point. (laughs) Right. I actually, I actually, it's where you said that. I after he said it the first time, I looked him and I was like. Do you want to double down and ask me if I have a PS5 in stock? <laughs> like I was, I was like, oh. I was so frustrated. It was it was not a good day because about 20 minutes later, this is the one thing I really I, I bitched the most about. I think is I had a older woman come in. She wanted to buy gift cards for her grandsons, 
and she was venting about the struggles wishing that she had granddaughters instead because they don't play girls don't play video games and i i looked at her and i was like well that's that's not true ma'am i mean i know plenty of girls that play video games like i i work in an industry where i i see plenty like and she's like oh no i mean like you know like my daughter you know she she never played a video game in her life i'm like i well sorry like you know the, the girls play video games now. She's like, no, no, I'm I'm talking about the girly girls. And like you, I'm like, I'm like, okay, man, let me hear. Just give me your money, please leave. Because all I just kept thinking was like, you know what? <laughs> the way I described it, sooner or later you're gonna get phased out. <laughs> just you know, sooner or later people will stop thinking that way because those people who think that way won't be around on the planet anymore. You know. As, and that more people will come around to the way of thinking that any it's it's a video game anyone can play it. You don't have to like Stacy plays with makeup and she does her. She's I would say she's pretty girly girl. She's a girly girl, but she'll play video games all day long if she has the opportunity. You know, there's plenty of people out there. I just felt like it was very like I, I just do you ever like look at somebody and just get instantly like disappointed in them as a person as a human being and I don't even know I didn't even know this woman I just felt like wow you just kind of judged a whole lot of people and and if I showed you what if I like what if I had a female co-worker at the time standing next to me when she said that you know what I mean it just it just felt very like well some, that's uh, that would be the greatest thing in the world if there was because then that way you know that girl could have been like hey you know what i play with makeup and i'm a girly girl but i still play games blah blah and let that like take over but see that's the thing that's scary about today is this fact is is that you th- like I, I i applaud your thinking that like hopefully one day that that you'll see these people phase out but that's the scary part about this is that she's teaching a generation of people still her way of thinking now hopefully there will be less people that will go like more people going oh yeah she's she's old time thinking and that should end with her like you know like kind of thing that's this old lady but there are people out there that still think that you know because of her beliefs and the way she probably acts with other people because like she could be a really nice person just that she doesn't understand video games so to her it's like a waste of time you know like for right. you know type of thing so for her um for um what was i gonna say she it's like but, but like like some people think like she her core values are old-fashioned and that's the way to go like that's the way we, we the way we should be raising our children you know, and and that's the that's the kind of you know society that like people live in. It's just like you know, like like they they I call it horse and buggy thinking because <laughs> I, right. I I say that a lot at work. You know, especially people that like you know like this Twitter thing will never take off. I'm like Twitter's been around for years. <laughs> like right. it's not going anywhere <laughs> just because you don't use it doesn't mean it's not going to work just because you don't know how to use it like that's the kind of stuff that i deal with and you go you go how old-fashioned is this you know and like and like like but that's the thing like you know you get you get enough people in a room they they all believe that like if you know because of that person's uh attitude towards life you know they might be like you know i I believe the way you you know think about like health or 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 or, you know finances or whatever and blah 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 so when they say stuff like that you go 
you know, well, they're right about these other things, so why not be right about video games? And you go, well, no, that's not true. Not everything that, you know, your belief is, is the right way, you know, like, and, that, and that's what, that's what you kind of have to, to live with, you know, is the fact is that, like, like, hopefully less, more and more people start to realize, like, like, the, her thinking is the wrong way, you know, like, with a lot right. of things, and just hopefully they start to realize, you know, but I mean, that, that's a thing, but that's, that's what, to me, that's also the fact is, like, why, like, you know, like, like, I remember a few years ago, we used to, we were reporting on the fact, and I forget what they called it, it was some kind of gate, and it was about women in video games and how they would get harassed all the time by male. Uh, it was Gamergate. Gamergate, yes, thank you. And uh, how how that was, and you know, it was the it was it was the it was just sad the way that like guys like can set something back like fifteen twenty years by like you know bullying women in, you know in the video game industry and and, and playing video games and you go. Like, how's that fair? You know, like, like, you know, if, if girls want to play video games, let them play video games. Like, who cares? Like, that's that's their choice, you know, not, you know, anybody else's but their own. And you should let them be, you know. Are you afraid that they're going to kick your ass <laughs> and call right. duty or something? You know, that's my thing. That's you, probably. You got beat by girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I've, 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 I've. I'm I'm the crazy person. I get I get my ass kicked by eleven year olds or ten year olds, you know, in a game. And I've I live with that now. I'm like, ah, I learned to live with it. I'm like, ah, whatever, you know, it's a game, you know. Like, I've played games more before they were even a gleam in their kit in their parents' eyes. And, you know, and, and now I'm getting my ass handed to me by them, but I'm like, whatever, you know, it's it's all fun, you know, and that's that's why you should always present, you know, uh um you know, go forward with, with, the, with this kind of stuff. You shouldn't, you shouldn't down people for, for, you know, being different and, 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 uh, um, try, you know, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it, you, sure. You know, everybody should have a horizons, shot. Man. Yeah. So I, that was pretty much it. Um, that was my, that was the highlights of my week. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, did I get any gaming in? I got no. I got a little gaming in today, but I'm back to playing Valhalla since I, I finished. I finished the story for Hitman. I'll go back and diddle with it later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, you know what? I'm going to say this now. If you have a PlayStation Plus, uh, the PlayStation Plus membership, uh-huh. download C- Control. Uh, Control is the free game this month, mm-hmm. which I was playing. Um, I did a kind of a, a review on a few weeks back when I, I picked it up before I bought Valhalla. So I was very happy to see that it was part of the PlayStation Plus uh, games because I could download it and go back to playing it again since I, I, I traded it in to get another game. I was like, ooh, look at me, kind of double dipping. Like, thank you very much. <laughs> I, think, I think the other game, um, I think it was another game too, but I already owned it uh, or I've already played it. It was just... Uh, I forget what that one is, so I'm going to look at it right now. Um, but definitely, if you get a chance, at least download it, put it in your library, because it is a really, really good game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. With the time that I played it. with it. Um, outside of that, I don't even know what's coming out, Ed, so why don't you fill us in? Okay. All right. Well, uh, Elysium is getting the 4K uh, upgrade this week, this Tuesday. So uh, if, uh, if you're Elysium fans uh, out there uh, and you want the 4K version, it's going to be available Tuesday. Uh, My Bloody Valentine, uh, the 1981, is also getting a 4K release uh, with a Steelbook edition. 
So uh, if you want to check that out, um, it's now going to be available on Tuesday. Um, okay. Then we have a Criterion collection. The Parallax View uh, is getting a uh, Criterion uh, release. I don't know the name of the movie, but it seemed interesting. So I just said, all right, let's. Uh, I let's... think I've heard that name. The Parallax. The, what was it name again? The Parallax View. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm going to uh, IMDb it. So. Well, while you're IDing being that, I'm going to go on a little bit more here. All right, I got it right here. Ha, oh. see, I'm fast. The Parallax <laughs> View is an ambitious reporter gets in the gets in way over his head uh, with while investigating a senator's assassination, which leads to a vast conspiracy involving a multinational corporation behind every event in the world's headlines. Um, stars Warren Beatty. Okay. Yeah. It, um, and William William Daniels, the voice of Kit. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to 1974. I wonder why they picked it as a Criterion movie because I've never heard about it until now. So. I, 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 the, apparently, there's a campaign. Like I actually watched a documentary a couple weeks ago about <laughs> Criterion on YouTube. And I don't know if it's like a, an official um, Criterion type of collection type of, th- or, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, an official documentary, but it was, it was an interesting history. And apparently like there's a, there's a website like, and, and people like vote, you know, and that's how they get their releases. Cause I think it's more like, like, well, yeah, cause especially you're paying more money for criterion versus, you know, a regular standard, uh, uh Blu-ray. So they kind of, I think, uh, uh, you know, want to do the, uh, um, Right, when we voting, so that way people, like, yeah, people can go. All right, well, we're going to guarantee like this many sales if we sell that. So, right, well, it's it's just again like for those people, the Criterion Collection is basically what we just talked about, like how we got fascinated, like documentaries, like all the all the Criterion Collection movies that I have always have a ton of extra stuff, like audio commentaries, like all the. There's usually like a uh, an essay that someone wrote for like college about something and how influential this movie was in history or or to just to them. So I mean, they they usually pack their Criterion Collection Blu-rays and DVDs with a lot of crap. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. And it was it's it's always it's always worthwhile to to get one if you if you can if you want to spend the money. It's definitely it's not like it'd be a waste of your time at all, especially if you're a no. movie fan and it's it's a movie that you really want to see more of. That's definitely one of the ones you want to check out. All right. Like I'll be honest, the, the just the description that I talked about on the the description that I talked about, I'm like, wow, that actually does seem a little interesting. Like I might see if it's available to stream somewhere. <laughs> Cause I'm like, well, I don't mind Warren Beatty as an actor and I've never really seen him in anything outside of like Dick Tracy and Bugsy and date Madonna. You know? <laughs> <Deep> <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I knew he was, he's always been popular and a very, you know, he's always been in our, like a movie star in a certain era. But I don't ever think I've ever seen that movie, and I'd be like, "All right, it seems interesting." Like, I mean, it's 1974, so it's not like they're gonna. I'm, I'm curious to see what they say that this company's, that this corporation is behind. <laughs> <laughs> like, there. I mean, the, the only conspiracy thing is JFK, you know, the Vietnam War, maybe the fall of Nixon. Well, see here, possibly. I'm gonna say here the uh, it's uh. Oops, wait, wrong, wrong one. I have, I, because I have, I do have a more of a description of it. It says perhaps no director uh, tapped into the previous sense of 
dread and mistrust than the define the 1970s more effectively than Alan J. Paluka. That's what it looks like. I could be wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pacula. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Who in the second <laughs> installment of his celebrated uh, par- Paranoia Trilogy. Okay, so apparently it's a trilogy oh. of movies. Offers a chilling version of the American in the wake of the assassinations of the Kennedys and Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. And about ding, the... Ding, sh- ding. And the... Sh- and... and about the shocked by Watergate, uh, these three three years uh, w- uh, widespread emergence leading to Senator uh, atop Seattle's Space Needle. Oh, I, th- I think I've seen this movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I might have, I might have, because uh, it sounds familiar. Anyway, uh, reporter Joseph uh, Fedley, who's played by Be- Betty uh, Warren Betty, whatever that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a sec. Right? Sorry, my my glasses need a little little cleaning here, so because <laughs> I'm getting like like this foggy look. That's oh, better. There we go. Now I can see better. Uh, Warren Beatty begins digging into the mysterious circumstances surrounding the event and slumbers into a libertine, wow, li- libertine. Sorry, libertine conspiracy far from the sinister that could be have imagined. The parallax views coolly stylized shadow elect uh, compositions by the acclaimed cinematographer Gordon, Gordon Willis and gave visual expressions to the mood and begins as a, a, a anxious whisper and ends in a screen into the void a scream into okay. the void sorry so that's uh, right. that's the 25 cent uh, description uh, okay. of the movie so there you go uh, so right. yeah, it sounds interesting. I think I've actually seen that though. Um, it was a really I, good movie. <laughs> I kind of okay, recommend it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I saw it. I recommend it. <laughs> I see a lot of movies, especially the '70s movies. It's like you know, like you'd be surprised, like how because it's like you go to Blockbuster enough, and you just get you get tired of the same schlock like week after week. I remember, like in the late '90s, I was like running some odd movies. Like I remember seeing the Paper Chase. Uh, okay. Uh, that was a good movie. It was bizarre, and I. I've always Kevin wanted Klein, to see all the presidents men. All the presidents men. I seen that one. It's a good movie. Uh, Maybe I'll try yeah. to find that one. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the rest of the uh, movies here on DVDs. Okay. Uh, uh, Super Vixens Two is coming out. Uh, oh, because did you say Super Vixens Two? Two, right? Yeah. You know, you're like I don't even know. There's a Super Vixens One. Because there was a lot of unanswered questions. In Super Vixens One. <laughs> Apparently. So uh, I, I, it was a short list. <laughs> it wasn't much to put on. <laughs> so that's why Super Vixens, Super Vixens Two made the list this week. And uh, Beauty and the Beast, the complete TV series, is coming out on DVD. Oh. It's, being re- it's a re-release. But it's a cheaper release, so that's why I uh, think so. Uh, anybody who's fans of uh, the Beauty and the Beast story with with Linda Hamilton, and I can't think of the gentleman's name. Ron, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, thank you. Uh, that's uh, coming out uh, this Tuesday for uh, okay. a, a, an inexpensive price for you. Uh, okay. Let's uh, move on to video games now. Uh-huh. Okay, and we have uh, Little Nightmares 2, developed by... Uh, 
Tiazer Studios and published by Bandai Namco for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And that's coming out on the 11th, which is uh, Wednesday, I think it is. Uh, okay. Yes. No, sorry. Thursday. Thursday. And on Friday, uh, Super Mario 3D World, uh, Bowser's Fury, developed by Nintendo right. and published by Nintendo, is coming up for the Switch this Friday. So that's the all the video games coming out this week. And... <laughs> And yes, how long? How long? What's the running time of the show right now? Like an hour and a half. Okay, we've gone an hour and a half, and neither one of oh, us an hour twenty. Sorry, Wandavision. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized we should be talking about Wandavision because holy crap, did you watch it? Of course, I did. Okay, I, well, I always I always have to ask because sometimes you're busy during the week. And no, you don't no, get a no. We to watch it. well, the thing is, we we watch it on Saturdays generally, and it was funny because every Friday I see my brother, and uh, uh, he talks. He he ha- he wants to talk about it, and I'm like, I didn't see it, you know, kind of thing, because he works from home, so he's able to, right, you know, flip it on, and uh, he gets like he goes to the I think the gym in the morning or whatever and then he gets home so he's got time and he'll end up watching it or something like that so, so, so usually by the time uh, I see him on Friday he's seen it you know kind of thing and he's like he's like oh did you see it I'm like no so this this week though I watched it Friday night because I was going to see him again on Saturday but of course we didn't talk <laughs> but I I do get to watch it so but I do usually watch it Saturday nights with my wife with her and I, I, I yeah I usually because I go in I have the the closing shift at my job, so in the morning while I'm eating breakfast, I watch the show. Stacy and I watch the show, um, uh, so I get to watch it like Friday morning. So, well, Ed, um, okay, I guess you know, hour and a half in, I'm going to let you know. People know we're probably spilling the hell out of this episode, so <laughs> you might want to just if you haven't watched the episode yet, you might want to f- fast forward. You know, keep. 10 second 10 second 10 second till you till you don't hear us talk about it <laughs> um, um <clears throat> all right ed so what was your reaction at the end of the episode yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no it was funny because like i said like my brother my brother was saying you know, he's, he's like oh you'll really like the end of it at all and i and i forgot because you know the internet spoils things for you if if you you know especially even if you don't look for it and you're just trolling through Facebook and all of a sudden you see something and you're like hey what's that about and then all of a sudden you see it and you're going oh okay that's that just ruined that for me but whatever like yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I get a little anxious Friday morning I'm like I gotta watch this because I I start scrolling through the Facebook through the Facebook Ed, and the I Facebook. saw people talking about it. And I was like, oh, shit, I better watch this because they're like, oh, and this episode blew up when, you know, like, quote, spoiler, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I better I gotta watch this episode because if not, I'm, I'm going to inadvertently ruin it for myself because I'm a scroller like a motherfucker. So <clears throat> quick watched it. And I was like, oh, OK, so Ed, so did, did I'm assuming it got spoiled for you before you saw the episode. Yeah, and it didn't didn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in the least. It does <laughs> not bother me in the least that if I if I something spoiled it i don't care it doesn't matter it's 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 like because like i really like i don't really read (laughs) you know so so like i I, like i'll get a a bit of it so i'm like well at one point this is going to happen and i don't know when it is because i'm not going to read the whole article 
So that way it's kind of half spoiled for me. But I'm like, right. but at least it goes, you know what? Now that now that I know what this is, it really piques my interest to watch it now. Like now now I really want to watch it because now I know something about it. Now I got to see where it fits into this show. That's that's the whole idea. Right. And I'm, I'm, I think we've, I think we've buried it enough to, 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 to now talk about it. Uh, they, they brought Quilks over in the end of the episode, and I, I thought it was great for two reasons. You know, one is, you know, that uh, uh, they use the other Quicksilver for, for this. They, there's two Quicksilvers out there in the Marvel universe. There's the Fox version. And the Disney version of it, uh, as best way I can put it, two different actors played Quicksilver. Yes, um, um, Evan Peters from most he's plays the Quicksilver from the Fox version of the this character, and I'm gonna try to get the other actor's name because he was in uh, he's been in a couple movies. He was actually in. Uh, Aaron, something Aaron something uh, I can't remember his name is Aaron something you're right but I, I can't remember um, he was in kick ass see. he was he was the Aaron, yeah Aaron Taylor it's three letters Aaron Taylor Johnson okay he plays uh, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron yes which if anybody remembers at the end of Age of Ultron Quicksilver dies because <laughs> obviously because they t- talks about her loss during the show mm-hmm. Evan Peters Quicksilver is alive and well, and the last time we saw, ironically enough, Ed, the last time we saw that Quicksilver was in the eighties. Yes, and because that's when the, that's when the time frame of the Dark Phoenix was, and this episode of WandaVision's era was the eighties. Yes, Ooh, something to think about there, <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the the best the best line of that show was the cat. <laughs> I forget. I don't know. I don't know her real. Name. I don't know that character's name in the show. But it's uh, Darcy. I think Darcy says they recast Quicksilver. She recast Quick. She recast Pedro. Yeah. That to me that was that was the best line. Because it's like it made so much sense. I was like, I was like, oh, that was great. <laughs> but uh, see, that's the thing. Now I forget what there was. There was two things I said. One was one was they recast uh, Quicksilver, um, and then well, actually, just to have Quicksilver in, in the in the show because you did you didn't know like 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 where this show was going, and that and that's what that's what's so great about this show is like there's so many uh, wild cards, and you go. They they could they could probably like let's like you know call up like you know, uh, RDJ and go hey you know what we need we need a Tony Stark uh, you know cameo appearance you know kind of thing or or you know or call up uh, you know uh, 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 Chris, uh, 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 Chris Evans and you know we need you for, for <laughs> we need you for the show you know and just like any of the any of the Marvel characters you know like you know and and bring them in so I thought that was uh, I th- thought that was great. But just to use a Fox character, that was to me was great. Now I'm I'm curious to see like how that's going to alter the timeline and and you know in this you know like like what's what's going to happen you know. Well, okay, let's let's theorize first. I at the end I was shocked. I even like oh my god they did get Evan because I heard a rumor that 
he was going to make the he that he was going to make an appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. I, but I heard it months ago, so I didn't think of anything. But when he showed up, I was like, "Oh my god, they actually did it!" Like those sons of bitches. Because I was thinking, you know, like sooner or later, like I, I'll be honest. Part of little, there was a little part of me hoping it was going to be Doctor Strange. You know, like well, by, a lot of people, a lot of people were thinking it's going to be Doctor Strange, especially either at the end of the the series, like they're gonna, you're going to see. Uh, uh, Benedict come in and, and, and do something, you know, to kind of either write right. this or, or fix this or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, well, I don't, well, it's got to tie in. It's supposed to tie into Dr. Strange too. Um, so if I keep thinking he'll show up eventually or close to, or somebody from the Dr. Strange movie, um, maybe, um, um, Wong might show up instead of Benedict just because they could afford him and not the other one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, who knows? Or, you know, like it could be, it, it's anyone's game. Um, you know, the, um, there are people out there going, well, this is, you know, there's a moment in the show where they're trying to figure something out. And Rambo says that she knows that astrophysicist that would really love this puzzle. Um, everyone's assuming now that, it, that she's talking about Reed Richards because mm-hmm. now, you know, <clears throat> because now the gloves are off. I mean, Prior to them, to Quicksilver popping up, everyone knows that Disney owns Fox and that they can actually do some wacky stuff. So now they can kind of maybe make a joke about that or allude to that. I don't know how accurate that is. Um, well, that's the also, thing. Like, like the the thing though that that made me you, you just made me think for a second there was with when you just said the fact that they're going to get Wong instead of uh, Benedict to to play it, and I'm thinking, no, you know what, Disney. They'll probably get Benedict in, in in the show if he if he shows up because I don't think it's a money issue, I really don't like like because they got the money <laughs> like they'll you know and and for, and for for to, to get Benedict I'm sure there was a, some kind of thing like in a contract you know to do sure. this you know type of thing they they they'll they'll you know he's got to make certain appearances and all that kind of stuff and you know if they want to use him for whatever because Disney's shrewd that way I mean they're they'll get actors to do whatever, you know, and be like, right. you know, yeah, it's going to be for Disney plus. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll still get your money. Like, don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> um, I also thought it was interesting. Like, um, there's a, uh, there's a scene where you see, um, when they're doing, like at the briefing and the head of the, the sword is saying, you know, I heard from my, my, uh, you know, like he shows the footage of Wanda like nine days ago going to get Vision's body, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting little tidbit, though. I heard that that was supposed to be the the bumper at the end of uh, Infinity War. Hmm. That her that they were gonna at the at the end that bumper was gonna be her going in to get his body, but they it was you know they cut it obviously. Um, I guess someone said no, no, don't don't do that one, not just yet. So they they reincorporated it back into this to the show, you know, to kind of go. This is what happened during, you know, what she did, like how Vision's there, like what happened to Vision, how to get there. Mm. She obviously went and took the body. Um, <clears throat> uh, Vision's starting to get a little more self aware <laughs> about like, <laughs> hey, things are going on around here. Where are the kids? What's going on? What about this? Uh, apparently, that's like a direct lift from this, the House of M storyline. Like instead of being Professor X, they had Vision say those words. Mm-hmm. You know, being like like trying to push her to be like, "Hey, you need to 
you're doing this and you just don't want to admit to it. Um, I, I, I like the, I thought the show was great. I was at the end. I was like, God damn it. Why can't there be another episode right, right now? Why do I have to wait another week? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I've, I've always said like this, this is one of those shows that it is a, it's a bingeable show. This is not a, a week to week show. This is, this is something you need to see like the next episode, the next episode, the next episode, like right away. Cause this is not, um, something you like it, it drives you crazy to wait a week for, for well I, I mean i guess when you're gonna drop a bomb like because when you pull in evan peters if i were to binge watch it like oh my god it would probably would have been spoiled before i might have gotten to that actual episode so i mean i i kind of see the pros and cons of it all but it does make you kind of itch going oh i remember the good old days would have to wait a week and it Disney's like, remember those good old days? Because you still got to do it. <laughs> you're like, no. I'm, I'm, there's four seasons of Sabrina, and there's like, and I'm already halfway through season three. You know, Stacy and I started maybe not even a month, not even a month ago, mm. half the month ago. You know, at this point. So I was like, but I, I find it bringing him in. Does, does she? Does that mean that? A, she pulled in all the other X-Men or just Pedro? Pietro. Yeah, well, that's you that's know. that's what's going to make it interesting to see what uh, what the, what they're going to do with that. You know, because that's the thing, too. Like, you know, cause the, there's two different timelines. There's two different... Uh, um, there's two different Quicksilvers. Two different so, Quicksilvers. And two different, two different, technically, Scarlet Witches, you know, because... There was, you know, there's, there is one is, uh, uh, they're, uh, Magneto's kids. And then there's, there's a, there, I think there's a timeline where they're not, uh, Magneto's kids. Well, in, 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 in Age of Ultron, um, they are not Magneto's kids. There mm. are, they were influenced with the, um, the Mind Stone, I think. They interacted with the Tesseract Stone. Um, I, someone explained it, to, you know, explained it that, when you look at the end of um, Civil War, is it where Quicksilver and her are behind the uh, we call it their captors? They're being held against their will, and she's you know doing something with the cube, and he's bouncing between wall and wall. Mm. Like um, they were experimenting on, but they weren't Magneto's kids. However, it's alluded to in the Fox version that Magneto might be the father of Quicksilver and Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Yeah. Right, because there's a scene in when you see Evan Peters' Quicksilver at home, he's got a younger sister. They're not twins, but it's a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of, you go, oh, okay, but again, they're supposed to be twins, um, but who knows? Like, is he, isn't he... So like now because of that, people are wondering if Michael Fassbender is going to show up or, you know, like, like right now it's like, oh, what I like about moments like this is that everyone with a harebrained theory now thinks their harebrained theory is now validated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, now that you bring Evan Peters in, you could bring, you can bring either Ian McKellen in or you can bring Michael Fassbender in. It's like, could you though? Like, are you, maybe that's not the right time, place. Yeah, you know, I mean, they kind of introduced—I forget Monica Rambo's alter ego because apparently she's got superpowers too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of tease it a little bit, or when she gets, um, she gets when she gets booted out of 
the Wanda world, uh, they examine her and they try to do an x-ray but all you see is it looks like a, a, a bad screen but if you look closely it looks like a, a neck and chest area mm-hmm. you know the, and it it's just energy pure energy because apparently that's what her superpower is is to be able to manipulate energy what <laughs> i'm thinking as a human like i think pure energy pure energy. <laughs> <laughs> right um i like it it's interesting to where like where they're going to go with this because now that was episode five and I think there's only nine episodes so it's gonna it's got to ramp up from here. Oh you yeah. Got four episodes. You got basically two hours left. You know to be able to tell this story and you got to figure, you know, Vision's getting close to understanding like something's obviously realizes something's wrong. Wanda's trying to deny it. You know you have every, and who. Is there like people were going? Well, the twins were. Sh- I saw an interesting little thing where um, it was during the Age of Ultron promotion tour that they talked to Elizabeth Olsen, I guess, about like where she sees her character going, and she actually makes a look. What did she read, and what does she like in the stories of Scarlet Witch? She herself brings out the House of M storyline and she's like it would be great if they did that because you know Wanda I love that story like Wanda it has two grown up kids it's all in her head she just goes completely crazy she's like but she laughs she's like they'll never do that like like she kind of shrugs it off as if like yeah they they'll, they'll never touch on that she's like I wish they could but and you just go wow she had no clue no clue you know I don't think anybody had a clue back then but someone probably went you know what we should do we should, we could probably do this you know, like I even saw somebody break down the scene where uh, Vision is pointing out the window to, you know, like, hey, you know, there's no kids out in the you, in the playground, blah blah blah, and someone actually pauses. And goes, well, if you look closely at this, the curtains, clearly there is a clearly defined M in the window. Jeez, <laughs> oh, and I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of people with you know the red string wall in their house going. This is all. It's <laughs> all connected. <laughs> this M stands for House of M, and you have Evan Peters show up, and he's this. That means you can have that, and that makes this valid. And because he was in the '80s, and now the show is set in the '80s. And well, that's it. Oh. But that's the thing. Like I, 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 a lot of that stuff is is basically conversation. Like, like, and that's that's how it started. Like, I just actually watched something today. Uh, it, it, it. A show about because the tonight, if case case everybody cares, which you know most most of our fans I don't think do, that it's Super Bowl Sunday. That we we yeah. record our shows on Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so one of the things at the end of the Super Bowl is what are the MVP gets does a commercial for Disney World and you see it for a couple weeks or a couple days or whatever, right. and he's like, you just, just won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Where are you gonna go? I'm, I'm going to Disney World. Disney World, or I'm going to Disneyland, or whatever, and they so they do this commercial. So they apparently somebody somebody tracked down did the history of why that happened, like why 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 did that happen? And at the time, it was in the, in the 80s. Michael Eisner was the head of Disney, and his wife was talking to this this team of people um, back then that that serpent serpent uh, flew around the world without stopping. Uh, I can't remember the couple's name. It was. There wasn't a. They weren't like a, a couple. They were just two pilots that did this this thing. It was a man and a woman, and they flew f- flew the globe and landed. And they were at a party because Disney was doing some kind of 
space kind of show or something like that. And they, of course, they were space related. So, or, you know, they were invited to this party. So the wife of Michael Eisner was talking to them and they, the wife goes, well, what's next for you is now that you've, you've done this and figuring, you know, like maybe they had another project or some kind of thing that they want to do, but they were in California and they, they were, they said to them, cause you know, they were, you know, in, in, in California, they were like, we're going to go to Disney world or we're going to go to Disneyland. And it, right. that's what inspired the idea was basically these two people that did this major feat of, of something, um, to do this so he talks she talked to her husband about it, and michael eisner's like let's do this so they get he gets his team of you know disney people and that's what they do and phil sims was the first one in like i think 1987 or what it was in the super bowl and uh they did other they started to do other sports and all but they ended up just doing the they ended up doing the super bowl for the rest of it because it was just easier to get like whoever on the field to do that like real quick, you know, cause they did, I think did some world series, the, you know, type of thing. And I think they do that every once in a while, but generally every year now it's been, uh, uh the super bowl. So we're going to find, you know, and usually you can see it. Like at one point you see somebody f- running out with a camera, you know, to whoever <laughs> to, to, to get their re- reaction. So that way they can, you know, say the line, you know, like, and they, right. they have to say it like three times and then they, they do what they, I don't know if they still do it now, but they used to do three for Disney world and three for Disneyland. And that's their, their type of thing. And they get like, well, the Phil Sims got like $50,000 to do that, you know, for a brief moment, just to make $50,000. And of course they fly that, they fly their, uh, the, that person out and their, their family to Disney to, you know, for a day or whatever to, to, you know, uh, uh, you know, for vacation type of thing after the Super Bowl, so that's what they they usually end up doing. But uh, you know, but it's just like it's it's just funny though that you know it's like that's probably what it was. They Wanda, you know, uh, uh, Olsen was probably doing an interview. Somebody saw that interview, you know, in, at at Disney and going, "Hey, we could do that for the WandaVision show," you know, right? <laughs> you know, because it's at that point everything's wrapping up. Like, like where do you go from here? You know, and you got the Disney Plus thing, and you got to you know, you know they want to put Marvel stuff on there and not just putting the movies on there. They want to do something more to, to amp it up, you know, and, you know, for Disney, they can't just put like a documentary or, you know, or some shorts, you know, kind of thing. And that's enough. Like they want to, they want to go the extra mile for it. So that's probably why, you know, somebody saw that goes, Hey, let's, you know, Olsen said to do the house event, we could do a sheet, you know, a series for this, you know, and they, they wrote some scripts or whatever. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's on Disney plus, you know, Right, <clears throat> um, I, I I enjoyed the show. I thought it was great. I, I'm I'm not. Um, can't we see? Can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. And how does this tie into, you know, the strange movie and Spider Man three? Apparently, you know, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> we'll All see. Right, well, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it's great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm, I'm really enjoyed the show, but. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go too far in the future and go. This is gonna be great, you know, because it's, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting for that. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop, the balloon to bust, you know, for this, right. for this, this marvelous journey we've been going over for over a decade, you know, of uh, movies and now, film, you know, TV shows. You know, where, where are they gonna go with this? You know, where, where, where's the mistake gonna lie? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ed, are you ready for some news? I sure am. I'm gonna be honest; it's not a lot of. It's kind of. I'm gonna say this week's episode is kind of a Debbie Downer on, <laughs> on a lot of stuff. 
so many articles I have. <laughs> Great. Let's let's start off with um, a Legend of Zelda Netflix series was in the works, but Nintendo canceled the project after leaks. <laughs> All right, I'm intrigued a little bit. Um, TV host slash comedian Adam. Conover has revealed that a live-action Legend of Zelda Netflix series was in production before being canceled due to leaks. Uh, you can see the full interview with uh, Conover on the video just from uh, Surf Times, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to get to the thing. However, the comedian reveals that the Legend of Zelda product project at Netflix was canceled due to leaks, which Nintendo was upset by. Uh, he suspects that someone within Netflix leaked the Legend of Zelda adaptation, which caused Nintendo to cancel a slate of projects, including the Zelda adaptation and Star Fox, Star Fox Claymation shows. Wow. So we were going to get a Star Fox Claymation show? That's interesting. Um, the Legend of Zelda on Netflix has been rumored for an incredibly long time, and rumors about the project have been going around the way, have making it around since 2014. Uh, when Conover claims the show was in production. It's a shame because it was ultimately can, but uh, <laughs> Ed, no Legend of Zelda TV show. Which which would have been which would have been something that they should have like really gone after. Netflix should have probably done everything to keep it going because I mean, especially with the the with the streaming wars the way it is, I think that would have I think that would have put Netflix in a different level of. Um, you know, winning the streaming wars, uh, you know, sure. something like that would have been would have been great because I mean, there's a lot of Nintendo fans out, even casual Nintendo fans have played Zelda at one point, you know, and we go, yeah, they made a show out of this, you know, like I think that would have been start like talking about the 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 park, like I see a lot of people just going to the parks because because it's Nintendo Land, it's just like you go, it it's and I mean it is awesome, you know, type of thing, and I can't imagine what it would have been like, but I'm I'm. A, I wish they would have made that show. I mean, I would have been excited to see, you know, uh, you know how many Zelda games I've played in my life. Right. You know, and I, you know, would have been would have been exciting uh, to see. You know, I mean, especially some of the storylines, even from the video games, would have made interesting series. You know, in its in its own right. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, though, some of the games are a little bit long winded in terms of. Um, uh, you know, collecting everything that you need to collect before you can get to the end. But you know how how great that would have you know even been, or, or you know even some of their like original some original storylines that they probably could come up with. There's so many just different, different adventures and stuff that they they could have done. You know, that would have made that sure. exciting. And I and I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, but I mean I through that you know yeah you, you always have to point to the movie Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> and the reason why like I think. Nintendo is always apprehensive about letting their characters uh, being, you know, done in any way outside of uh, their own country. Because um, a couple weeks ago, uh, I didn't know this, and I, I don't know if I told you this, and I don't know if I said this on air, but I found out that there is a Japanese anime uh, sh- uh, uh, movie with uh, uh, Animal Crossing. Really? Yes. It was never released in the U.S. That's why we've never heard of it, never seen it, huh. and uh, you you you'd be hard to press to get it. And if you do, it's you've got to you know work on it to get it to work for you know your your American system here. 
but there there is some I think there's people working on some region region free versions that that you could stream off of. Uh, but like I said, it's all in Japanese. There's not, there's not like there's even English subtitles for this. Uh, so you'd have to know Japanese. Yeah, but it begs the question: Do you really need an Animal Crossing movie or TV show? Are you? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Tom Nook going, "Hey, you owe me, you know, five thousand bills to add a wall to your house." Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, but but trust me, it's huge. My my <laughs> wife, my wife. <laughs> flipped the table when she heard that it wasn't available in the u.s and there, was a, <laughs> there are because there are animal crossing fans I, I, and i'll tell you why for 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 the, well first off there's there's the, the the animal crossing so huge i was in japan like i said a couple years ago a few years ago and i um uh i was on a i was on a subway and they have commercials that run on a screen and uh-huh. forget the girl who does the announcements for Animal Crossing. Do you remember her name? Isabel? Isabel. Isabel. Yeah, Isabel. Isabel is promoting some Chinese, like, like it's like a hungry man dinner, not a hungry, but like a, a TV dinner <laughs> okay. type of thing that Isabel is, is hawking on this type of thing. And he, she's sitting at a desk, like, you know, like in Animal Crossing, and she's talking about it, and there's a couple characters around the food and all, and they're, they're, they're like little small characters versus the, how big the plate is, you know, kind of thing. But that's that's the thing. Like, like that's how big Animal Crossing is, that it's on an ad in a subway in Japan. So, okay, so that's one way. But here in the U.S., right, there's those Amiibo cards that I've, I've talked about in the past. Uh-huh. And I was trying to collect them all, but like it gets expensive to buy those because it's like they're like a buck a card, basically, you know, type of thing. And you buy a six pack and it's like six bucks, and you, you know, type of thing. And there's four series, you have to buy like, you know, all these packs for each series and stuff. And they're all random. It's not like I could go, oh, I only need this person. I'll just buy this card and that's it. Like you, it's like, it's like getting trading cards. You open up trading cards, you're going to end up with doubles and stuff like that. So every, like, you know, uh, Christmas and my wife's birthday and I try to even get out get for Valentine's Day and something else you know I was buying like three sets for each series you know of, of cards they're they're sold out now like I can't get any more cards like right. you know, like type of thing I keep checking now every, every once in a while online you know eBay's got them now for like twenty bucks a a, a a set which used to be six bucks so it's almost like three times the amount you know type of thing you know there's there's like a, a bundle packs. But they're like three or four times the amount for for the what what I would buy those cards normally, you know, kind of thing. So there's a popularity out there of of people that would love to see an Animal Crossing movie. I mean, it's not going to make like hundreds of millions of dollars, but it probably would have made back like at least three times the amount of the the production value of an animated movie. You know, like you know, if they made spent twenty five million dollars it probably would have made 75 million dollars for it easily you know like right it would have been one of those type of things so there's definitely a uh, there's definitely a market out there but i even forget what we were talking about i was talking about the <laughs> netflix series for uh, for zelda but i think like with that like 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 they're very guarded on uh, on on their stuff so they're always worried about like what what uh 
what they're going to do. So they, you know, they, they, they're, they're afraid that like if, if there's something that leaks, they're not going to think. So Nintendo just shuts it down. They're almost like the Warner brothers of, of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the opposite though, because they're more guarded versus the, <laughs> well, Ed, I, I got some good news and some bad news. All right, hit me with the hit me with the bad news. I guess I'm hitting. I'm, I'm going with good news first. Right, I need the good news before the bad news. Okay, what's the good news? Good news, Ed. George Clooney joins a reboot of the classic sci-fi series Buck Rogers. <laughs> and you're like, how is this the good news? <laughs> <laughs> What's the bad news? They're making well, apparently, a well, well, apparently, it, um, <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter writes that the project is written by uh, Brian K. Vaughn and could be a starring vehicle for Clooney, who will also be executive producer of the series. Um, for those people who don't know, uh, the character Buck Rogers is a war veteran who falls into a coma and wakes up in the 25th century. After the success of the late 70s film, a TV series following, uh, followed starring Gil Gerard as a U.S. Army Air Corps officer and Aaron Gray. Um, Rogers first appeared, Buck Rogers first appeared in the 1920s before becoming a comic book mainstay in the 1930s with an early radio TV show film adaptation um, before 1950. Now, there's been a bunch of attempts to revive the Buck Rogers franchise since the 70s. Um, one was with Frank Miller, uh, the comic book writer turned filmmaker, announced in 2008 he was working on a film adaptation of the story, but to never see in the light of day. Um, early reports, this one I thought was kind of interesting, said that the reboot would go back to the character's first appearance in the 1928 story Armageddon 2419 AD. I don't know if you know what the plot of that one is, Ed, but no. here it's where it's where Rogers is introduced as a World War One soldier trapped in a cave-in while investigating a strange phenomenon in an abandoned Pennsylvanian coal mine. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the story, in the story, Rogers is exposed to a radioactive gas and wakes up nearly 500 years later in the 25th century and helps a resistance force attempt to retake the U.S., which has been taken over by a conquering force. <laughs> I prefer the hey I got frozen in space woke up 25 you know 500 years later and then back on earth I don't know if I could you know see Buck Rogers wake up poke his head out and some going hey yo what's up welcome to Philly you want a Wawa cheesesteak No, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be in California, so they're gonna be like, you want a uh, you want a sub, <laughs> you want a cheesesteak <laughs> sub. Wait, what? <laughs> hey, yo, how you doing? Uh, welcome to welcome to the future, the Buck Rogers. Uh, everyone here, welcome to well, yeah, Philly. Yeah, what up? <laughs> what up? Hey, yo, <laughs> yo, you got that, John? You've been asleep for a long time, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yo! I got a barber shop that'll fix that beard right up. Give you clean all sides. You just need a little bit off the top, a little off the side. Clean up that baby face of yours. You'd be looking great to go hit that strip down on South Street and, board, and Broadway. <laughs> I'm just rambling. 
anyway, so I like I'm a Buck Rogers fan, Ed. So I'm looking forward to this. Well, well, sorry, what was the bad news again? <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, okay. I, was about to say, it, it, I wasn't me actually saying that they're making a fuck rock reboot with George Clooney's. Um Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm 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 i I like George Clooney. I like all the stuff he's been in. So you can't not all the stuff, but I can most of the stuff he's in and it's not because of him, you know, but um the you can't go wrong with Clooney. I mean, he's he's a he's a box office draw that will always uh, get get people interested in 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 whatever you know what it is. So it's 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 going to be good. I'm always worried though with with Clooney and something like this. It's like, is he was he a fan of the show? Was he a fan? You know, or is it just? Well, I, don't, I don't know. Do you okay? Like let's let's. I mean, I, George Clooney he could be a fan of it. But do you have to be a fan of Buck Rogers to reintroduce Buck Rogers? I mean, it's, no, it's I mean, no, you not don't. But it, it's just like fish out of water story. Yeah, but it's you go you. Well, that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm still like you know the fact that like like I still remember the the set, late seventies you know Buck Rogers you know and like enjoying that show you know greatly and going i hope they don't screw this up you know like type of thing but, <laughs> right. but that's the thing like it's going to be a completely different vehicle and i'll be like yeah it's not even close you know <laughs> like, like it, right. it, it could be better it could be great but like yeah it's not what i want it you know <laughs> i'm going to see the hairy chest <laughs> <laughs> disco music uh <laughs> future <laughs> with the with I... the shiny <laughs> go-go boots <laughs> the terribleness of it all. Yeah, that's what I want. Time, there's a bitty 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 in it. <laughs> bitty bitty buck. <laughs> so what's the bad news? Well, Ed, the bad news is, um, but just just as a reminder. Um, it's a Legendary Pictures, I think it was good. Legendary's Buck Roger project gets a cease and desist letter from the Buck Rogers estate. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this was legitimately the same day that the, the, that article came out, four days ago. I had the Buck Rogers, I think you sent me the Buck Ro- the George Clooney Buck Rogers thing. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. We'll definitely bring it up on the show. Hours later, this one came, popped up on my feed. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, um, as you know, Ed, Legendary has been developing a series adaptation for Buck Rogers with George Clooney. Uh, this project that had a lot of fans have been excited about it. Well, Ed, it turns out that the Buck Rogers estate isn't happy, and they shot a cease and desist letter over to Legendary about its recent announcement that it was developing a TV adaptation of the sci-fi property. According to the estate, there's a quote, the Buck Rogers interests have already penned an agreement with David Ellison's Skydance Productions to exploit the property. End quote. Per their attorney, here's here's the, here's <laughs> there it is. Get ready. Be advised that the Buck Rogers interests have signed an agreement with Skydance Productions LLC to produce Buck Rogers content. Uh, your conduct is a slander of title of the rights the Buck Roger interest owned. Demand is made that you correct the record publicly as Legendary slash Murphy has no chain of title. 
you are directed to advise all third parties, including any insurers, distributors, and financiers, that there is no chain of title held by Legendary Slash Murphy. We note that the litigious Mr. Murphy has lost every legal maneuver he has so far attempted. Wow. <laughs> you might be wondering. You might be wondering who M- Murphy they're talking about. Yeah. Apparently, it's against producer Don Murphy. Um, it seems that there's two Buck Rogers currently in development, one at Legendary, one at Skydance. Uh, so Don Murphy is the other producer. Um, it was. It should be stated that previous Buck Rogers rights actions that involved Murphy as a defendant was dismissed back in 2019. So... Don Murphy's getting himself in little trouble, Ed. Wow. Um, but Legendary, but in true movie fashion, Legendary has no plans of backing down, though. Here's a statement they, they did, right? Ready? Mm-hmm. We have secured the rights we need to produce, proceed with our project, and the company will not comment any further on these blessed, baseless claims, Ed. <laughs> this, this same party has been claiming for years that they have the rights what they do not have and have been trying to inhibit projects based on the rights they do not legally control. Dun, dun, dun. It's like saying, me going, Ed, you want to produce a Bucks, a, a, we're going to do a Buck Rogers movie. And someone says, you can't do a Buck Rogers movie. We could do, oh, we have the rights to do a Buck Rogers movie. And then we turn around and go, do you have those rights? Because we just bought them. You say you have them, but we'll see you in court, sir. See now, so, now, now it becomes an ex, an expensive endeavor, um, basically, where they're going to tie up in the courts for, you know, hopefully sh- a short amount of time. Like I, but I can't see that happening. So we'll probably not see Buck Rogers one way or another because even if they have by to, the time, by the way, by the time we see a Buck Rogers movie, it will actually be the twenty fifth century. <laughs> Well, I'm saying if it's going to be something like we're going to be talking about like five years from now, like, hey, remember back in 2021 we were talking about Buck Rogers and Clooney? It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's going. It's going to. It's going to happen now, right? But Clooney's moved Welcome on. To ep- Welcome to episode 672 of Geeksters. I'm your host Sean, <laughs> and this is my host co-host Ed. We're here to tell you about a little project called Buck Rogers. That some no-name actors that we'll never even heard of is going to be Buck Rogers, right? Because because Clooney's moved on to, to that project. He's like, yeah, I waited around long as I could, but I had other other commitments. He's like, I, I got, I was making Gravity Two, you know, <laughs> <laughs> making Gravity Three. It's a trilogy. I'm rebooting. Uh, we call it ER because I can't because I'm George Clooney. So George Clooney. <laughs> So, there you go, Ed. That's a bummer. Yeah, that's a shame. Sure. Um, well, speaking of people who get involved in their shit, um, Suicide Squad's finished filming, by the way. The Suicide Squad, the, mm-hmm. the second movie that James Gunn is making. Um, but you'll be happy to know Warner Brothers kept their nose out of it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, there's, there's some good news. <laughs> right. You said there was all it's bad a, news. It's, right. it's a roller coaster of news. Down, up, down, up. Um, apparently, James Gunn revealed that the, that the movie The Suicide Squad is finished while thanking Warner Brothers for not interfering with his vision. 
Uh, <laughs> apparently, someone on on recall. It, basically, it's a it's a tweet that he someone asked. Um, someone asked him how much of this movie will be what you want it to be. Warner Brothers has a knack for editing a movie into shit. <laughs> but, but James Gunn responded to this person's question and he said uh, hashtag the Suicide Squad is fully finished and cut and I made every single choice and they never once even slightly interfered, interfered they gave very few notes they were usually good and minor and I took them if I wanted to and didn't if I didn't want to Warner's was creatively amazing wow so so maybe you think maybe they learned. Uh, they finally learned the lesson to stay out of their own, stay out of their own way and make money. Now, I really, uh, I, I really don't. I believe when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be surprised when it happens because because I I I just have this feeling that you know it's going to be like the i know i know this wasn't the same company but like the Josh Trank and the Fantastic 4 where you know like one day you're you're going to see you know like i, I <laughs> they're going to have a, they're going to have like a premiere with James Gunn and he's like and you know it's going to be his cut he's like yeah you know this is what it is and then they recut it and just you know all the distributors going back and uh, and and James Gunn's like, yeah, I'm proud of this. And everybody's like, this is a piece of crap. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, did you even watch your own movie? <laughs> like, this happens. This happens. He goes, wait a minute. That's not my movie. And then he like he buys a ticket at a, a, a Cineplex. And he watches it. And he goes, motherfucking Warner So that way they can go to HBO Max. But it's, the, the, water, the, the gun cut. It's gonna be called. Oh, uh, I had it. I had it tip my tongue. Uh, the guns a blazing cut. <laughs> the guns. The gun with two ends, because you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I truly, I truly, I mean, I want to believe it. I really do, but I have, I have my reservations. I have my doubts. Cause... I mean, maybe it's one of those things where James Gunn is just being nice. He didn't have to go and tell the story of how some executive tried to put their nose in. He was like, excuse me, you know what movies? I, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. You heard of that, right? I did that one. It was a hit. What movie did you make? Okay, well, I made Guardians of the Galaxy 2, also a hit movie about a band of misfits that I made them lovable and liked them and got a really kick-ass soundtrack. Um what soundtrack do you guys have? Nothing? Oh, get out of my... He didn't want to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my office. He's like, he's like I, with me, you know you're going to get at least a, at least an, a, an opening weekend hit. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, was, um, we'll see. I mean, I, I'll I'll be happy when I see it and be like, I'm like, finally, they, you know, they're really you know, starting to come around with, with, with things and all. But, you know, we'll see. And, I, and I, then, of course, though, it makes me then, you, there's, then there's the flip side. It could be a terrible movie. This could be a James Gunn miss. Like, this could be like, like not every director is going to be hitting like every time, like a perfect movie and going, you know, James, James Gunn's the guy, you know, I mean, and, and then and then and, and then they bring him in. And, and, and that maybe that's why Warner Brothers didn't get involved. They liked it because it was terrible because like, you know, they have no taste in movies. <laughs> they're like we'd have to get involved he destroyed it himself 
<laughs> I'm just entertaining myself, folks. <laughs> I really right. don't care because it's, it's, it's Warner Brothers, and you know you you know you know something wrong when the WB <laughs> is in front of it, <laughs> especially with a superhero movie. Not all movies, but just the superhero movies. <sighs> anyway, but I digress. Uh, okay, let me let me ask you a hypothetical question, Ed. Shoot. Would you like since since Disney owns just about every major property right now? Mm. Do you ever see a Star Wars Marvel crossover? God, I hope not. <laughs> there's that there's that dead silence. There's a whole audience going, hmm. Maybe, maybe not. How are they going to do it? Well, Guardians of the Galaxy is out there in space. If they go to a different quadrant or a different space, you know, like it could be happening. Maybe you could see the Millennium Falcon fly in the background of a shot. But then which cast do you get? Like, uh, <laughs> do we go young? Do we go old? Is it during the Mandalorian time? Like, and then you're like, God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm saying like, like, like it's it's intriguing for about a split second, and then you're going, nah, like that's just a terrible idea. <laughs> like, who, like I'm I'm sure somebody thought of that. Going, well, we got we got we got Marvel and we've got Star Wars, the two biggest franchises right now. What if we combine the two? Like, you know, it's like, well, if <laughs> mind you're, if blown. You're gonna... If you're going to combine the two of them, there's only really one person you need to talk to, and it's Kevin Feige, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got, I just got, I just got sidetracked. I've got the, I got the Super Bowl game, game going on here as a type of thing. And apparently, somebody's running across the field right now. Really? Yes. Are they streaking? The, I don't know because they're they're not giving him the they're not giving him the satisfaction of the time on the camera. So they're just showing. Oh, the, gotcha. Sorry. Great. They're hey, look, the there's, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Let's pack all. But you you saw him like, real people. briefly like run across the screen real quick uh, and they cut him off. But uh, oh, anyway, I, mean, I hope he's wearing a mask. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's pack all those people into a stadium. Well, there's the that's the there's only like there's only like twenty thousand people they only let in there or something like that. Well, not I don't know how much of it is, but it's a small amount of people. They didn't they don't they're not packing that stadium at all. So it's. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I hope all those people were tested. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a good thing to hear. <laughs> I hope you were anyway, tested. Ed, but anyway, going Ke- back going back to the Star Wars. Uh, Kevin Feige. Yeah. Oh, so so oh my God! Like, like this is this isn't more than just a hypothetical. This this is actually something that happened. Oh my God! I, yes. Okay. Go on. During an interview promoting uh, Wandavision, someone asked him if there'd be a crossover, and this was his quote: "If you'd ask me if anything we're talking we're talking about right now was in the realm of possibility twenty years ago, I would have said, I don't think so." But I really don't think so, he quickly adds. I don't think there's any reason for it. <laughs> Which could mean there's a possibility. <laughs> Just because he said no doesn't mean. 
Right. Right now, there's somebody smoking a lot of weed going, I got the perfect idea. What if they need, you know, what if you find out that what, what actually causes lightsabers are actually infinity stones? <laughs> infinity stones like, are kyber crystals. Right. Infinity stones are actually kyber crystals. And the power, the power crystal is what makes them all red. You have the mind, you know, the ones that are really centered with the mind. I, shit, I'm actually going to talk myself into this. You know, the mind crystal, which is mostly what yellow, there's yellow lightsabers out there. But then which one is the blue one? Like, isn't that, that symbolizes something? There is a color that represents something. Why not? You find out that infinity stones are actually just kyber crystals. (laughs) (laughs) And that Thanos of a different timeline or somebody else, let's just say, I don't know. It has to, it involves the internals, right? And they're trying, they're protecting the planet that the kyber crystals are on because they're actually infinity stones. And then you have Jedi's who are trying to go there to try to mine kyber crystals, and t- it could work. It doesn't have to be the Star Wars characters that we know. <laughs> it, it could work. No, it can't work. No. I'm saying no. I'm already I'm already giving the no. You can get a couple cute little animatronic animals out there on the, on the planet while, you know, you're trying to mine for kyber crystals. You know, you got some funky-ass music playing in the background. You know, it could work. It could work. It could not. <laughs> well, <laughs> so stop. This, this is a terrible idea. I love Marvel. I love. I love Star Wars. I love Disney, but Disney don't do this. <laughs> well, Ed, you know what? I do have. An, it's a little sidebar. This is how I, sometimes I, I don't realize how well I mesh articles together. Because you're gonna love the headline of this one, ready? Uh-huh. You know, we're talking about Star Wars. And we're talking about Marvel, right? Uh huh. Strap in for this headline. <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will use the same filming technology as the Mandalorian. <laughs> and just like that, Sean's able to intertwine the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as I want the two universes to come together <laughs> using the technology, the filming technology. To, to do this, yes, <laughs> I'll agree to that because that is a that is a wonderful technique, um, you know. And the people who don't like, hopefully, you have Disney Plus. You you watch the the gallery, and it gives you the the insight of how the Mandalorian is filmed, um, which is great because uh, it's, it's all done in basically one little room, not a little room, but the the. The one little uh, 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 one area uh, of of the studio. You could call it a stage, Ed. right? It's a stage. It's, it's, technically, it's called a stage, right? It's called well, they they call it the volume is what they they call it is is the the name of it. And uh, but it is great, you know, and it's great technology. And I, I and based of watching the Mandalorian, I'm like, this is the future of of filmmaking in so many ways. You know, it was it was. Well, it's just, James Gunn tends to agree with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's going to use it. <laughs> uh, well, again, somebody asked him, like, do you plan on using the background screen technology from the Mandalorian on Guardians of the Galaxy 3? And the short answer, he did say, uh, yes, some, where it fits. 
So, I, you know, again, I mean, that you could do wonders because, like, a lot of times on that show, I'm like, I thought they were on locations and it winds up they're just on a big giant projector screen. You know, you gotta love it. Got to love it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's gonna be great. And, uh, you know, uh, I I I actually can't wait for for Guardians three because I'm I'm really curious to see where that's going to go, uh, you know, especially with all the controversy that it's gone through, uh, you know, with with the director and all getting fired and then rehired and you they know. did have some they did have some on sets uh, recall like some stills and it looks like uh, Thor's got a new costume he's Thor's thin buff and he's got a new costume a new outfit this time. He looks like he's well, actually from the no, 80s. No, that was for Love and Thunder, not for Guardians, but for Love and Thunder. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know where it's going to fit in Guardians, but I know some of the Guardians are going to be in Love and Thunder. Yeah. I, yeah. I, just, I mean, that, he looks like he's from the eighties. Like he's going to be, he's he's going to be part of the WWE or or back then it was the WWF. <laughs> right. Like, you know, that's what he looked like in that. That's still. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, like it's it's. It's it's Thunderlips. <laughs> <It's, laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, and my last story, just to bring it all full circle, with Netflix and GameStop and uh, the the stock market. Mm-hmm. Ed, in the in the category of, I, of course, they're doing this. Netflix is already making a Wall Street bets and GameStop movie. <laughs> is, it, is this going to be a documentary or is this going to be a uh, I, well <laughs> well here uh, let's see uh, Netflix reportedly is in the, is in the works to cover the story of the anti-establishment redditors who trolled Wall Street I guess that's how they're bringing it uh, Netflix has zero dark 30s writer Mike Mark Bowl in its site to pen a script with Noah Centino, star of the star of the to all the boys I've loved before Netflix movies, already attached to play one of the main roles. Uh, earlier, Deadline reported that MGM has has snapped up the rights to a, to a proposal for a book written by Ben Mesrick, uh, the same author who wrote the book The Social Network. Um, Mike DeLuca was producer and David Flay. Okay, so basically he's saying that Ben Meserich, who wrote the story about the social network, that his book was adapted was adapted to the by the movie. Um, so apparently it's a good it's a good story. If you haven't seen the social network, by all means watch it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, for those people who've been living on a rock. Um, Here's what the story is about. For years, Wall Street investors have been betting that video game retailer GameStop would fail. Uh, they said the move towards online game, uh, online gaming buying would eventually spell doom. The pandemic appeared to speed up those changes, too. Wall Street was so sure that GameStop would fail that they made it one of the most heavily bet against stocks on the market. Over the past few months, though, a group of Reddit users have been buying up the shares pushing up GameStop's value to an undermining Wall Street's big bets. At first, these forum traders 
bought because they believed the company was better off than the Wall Street doubters thought. Then, as GameStop value soared, Wall Street's bad bets started to cost investors billions of dollars. Hasn't stopped there, Ed. Uh, the Reddit users want the price to rise even more as they wage an epic battle against Wall Street. At what point, the Redditors used the forum uh, Wall Street Bets, sent the stock up to more than 14,300%. Um, they spread their strategy to struggling movie chain AMC and tech company BlackBerry 2. Um, as you can see, this <laughs> has potential for a compelling movie. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I. I. Hopefully. I don't know. I. Because. Because that's the thing. Like it depends on the subject. Like I think it's hot right now. But like, we're we're, we're looking probably what two three years away from this. If if everything goes right and they, they if everything flies right, it's going to be two three years away before this movie gets released on you know theaters or, or streaming and all. And like. Like there was the you know the social network was the one you you talked about you mentioned there in, in the in the article but but like the the other movie that you have to consider like there was a movie called The Big Short and it was about the the um, I think like the housing market and what happened to that right and and that kind of thing and there was some like some good stars in that and all and I watched it and I still have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like what well, happened? I, like, uh, cause like, like some of the stuff was just like bizarre, like kind of stuff. And I, I watched it like three times cause I saw it for free. I think it was on, on uh, Pluto, you know, and I, and I watched it and like, like the third time I got it, like, Oh, all right. Now I understand this and all this. And it was like, and I'm like, it, it did terrible in the box office. And I don't, I can't remember why it did terrible in the box office, but I mean, after watching it three times, I could tell you why it did terrible. Right, like it's some, some, sometimes they make movies that are just too smart for the room or they think that, Oh, we got to find a way. Like there's a scene in the Wolf of wall street where they actually have Margot Robbie in a bathtub explaining the marketing, the, the housing market, you know, that apparently she was able to kind of, the writing was able to dumb it down to make people understand it mm. or, but uh, yeah, I don't. I just don't. I don't know if a movie like this. There's also like movies like, like I said, Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room. Um, I guess you know you could maybe look at the movie Wall Street. Maybe I, I just. Well, it's the thing. Like that was more of a fictional world. Like I mean, I, I think it's based off some some kind of true events in a way. You know, like like something that happened. But the reality of it is, is that like the. The actual story of Wall Street, that street, you know, those movies were based off of like, like a most like a general type of, uh, um, uh, you, you know, general story. It's not a, anything specific, you know, not like a true life story uh, uh, style. So, like for that, you 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 have to say, you know, like. Uh, you know, like this, this, this might be, this might be too hard to do because there's like, there's not like people involved that you're interested in. There's not like they're like, like, like Reddit yeah, users. Yeah, there's not really any real, real faces to the this story, right? That you can be like, hey, because it's a group of people. I mean, the only thing I could think of is if I had to kind of like maybe spitball an idea, you'd have to make it almost a comedy, um, <laughs> almost. Because I mean, you think about it, you have to. I mean, this buildup of we went through 2020, which was a hell of a year. Um, it wasn't the greatest of the, looking back in history. 
2020 is going to be the worst year possibly of all time. Mm-hmm. A presidential election that just basically was off the charts. A lot of a lot of hate, a lot of just, you know. But then you're going to wind up being like, okay, so after we go through all that, we're going to ramp up and we start off the you know new president, new year. It's going to be new decade. It's going to be phenomenal. First weekend, Capitol gets raided. Followed by the second week of that, then this whole GameStop Wall Street thing goes batshit crazy. I mean, that's just the first month of the of 2021. So I mean, you got to start off with this, like, hey, and believe it or not, this actually happened, or you know, and then try to fabricate a story about like how do you get? You're going to have to explain how this all works in some way, shape, or form, and then how the the small the little guy gets over on the big guy i mean everyone likes a good david and goliath story but you have to do it in a way that's going to make it entertaining and people can understand it i don't mm-hmm. i i don't i read a lot of articles about that because i do work for the company that's involved in this this story and half the time i'm like this is why i don't i don't get involved in stocks cuz i am fucking stupid <laughs> I, I know this is what I know. I I learned everything about the stock market from trading places. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So, buy low, sell high. Orange futures. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's 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 definitely going to be some difficult. Uh, um, it's definitely going to be difficult to to to, to make this movie. And, and and make it enjoyable enough to go. Hey, you know what? That's true. Like like it's it's a good story. Like you know you go. Hey, you know finally like people are you know are 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 getting back at Wall Street. You know kind of thing in a way. And, and you know and what they're doing to companies and 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 you know uh, devaluing them and, and and you know because they they get they see an end to something and you go and well it's you know you never know unless you give them a shot. But if you're, if you're hurting their, their stocks, then it's, that's definitely going to hurt the company overall, you know, kind of thing. And it's, it's just, it's just a terrible way. So you, so you go, Oh, it's great that the, the, that we can screw the man up once in a while, you know, the big, the big corporation type of, you know, conglomerate places, the hedge funds and all this kind of stuff to, to hurt their, uh, uh, you know, way of making money. And, and once in a while, so you, you feel good about that, but you go, yeah, I don't, I don't really see a movie out of this. I, I, I you know, it's like I, 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 don't see how you can you could turn this into an enjoyable uh, film. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I think if you made it in like a documentary or like any documentary style, I think that that's where it has maybe more entertainment because then you can actually go like you have like a bunch of experts and go this is what it, this is what actually happened and try to find people who can dumb it down for everybody else. And because in a story like this, you do. Because right now it's 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 still kind of sort of happening as we speak. I don't think you really can do a story until you know what the ending is. No, because I feel like you, and and the end. I mean, there could be you know like, I mean, it could be like, oh my god, they took down Wall Street, or they. I mean, I know there was a company that had it like had a file for bankruptcy because of it, because there were like three billion dollars in the hole because of this whole thing. It's just. But but in the end, you got to have a clear winner, a clear loser, or at least a after the smoke clears. This is where everyone's at. Like, 
know, like, oh, the guy who created the forum, is he a millionaire? Is there, here's some people who heavily invested, and now they're they're not, they're still financially hardship because they they didn't sell it. They took too long before they sold it, or that they were they're trying to not sell the stock to try to keep the stock up to try to. It's I don't even know, to be honest. Every time I read it, I I, I lose more and more. I'm going, I buy low, sell high. That's 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 it. That's all I know. <laughs> so I mean I think that in a documentary where you have at the end going okay well this is what happened this is what happened to the players in this this is what happened to this firm this is what happened to the to Joe Schmo this is what happened to the GameStop company like you know after their stock rose X amount of this this is what ha- this is what they were doing during that time like you need because you're going to need that that other perspective because you, there's got to be somebody in a in a in a board meeting or at least in an executive washroom going. Wait, are stocks how much? <laughs> like, like they're they're constantly struggling. So now it's like, well, like what the people who are in the company itself, like, what did they do with this information? Like, did they buy stock themselves? Or I mean, again, that'd be insider trading. But you know, well, you kind of go, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I, you just need you need to be like, and after the smoke cleared, these are the people who are left standing. You know, these are the people who are on trial. These are the people who are going to jail, like, like, like an episode of Law and Order. Well, I see, like, like, uh, my, like uh, the way I was as, as you were talking, the way I was thinking, I was like, you remember the movie, uh, God, no, Sea Biscuit, uh, where I remember it, that. I remember that movie. I didn't see that movie, but I remember it. Okay, well, yeah, it's a good movie. It's it's you know, it's about a it's about a horse basically, Sea Biscuit, and I'm like it was a, the like during the Depression era. Uh, you know, winning the triple clown, and that was the the idea of it. And it was just, it was just, it was this hope story that people were so into the because they had nothing else to, uh, you know, being poor and, and being, you know, uh, you know, a, a good bit of the country was out of work, you know, because of the the stock market failure in the '30s. You 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 have nothing better to do, and all these like radio, and uh, you know, so you listen to these races, and people got hyped up because there was cheap seats and that kind of stuff and it, it really was like the horse of the people that kind of thing but it was it was a style done in the fact that it was like like it was a movie like well acted but there were still like voiceovers of like the impressions of like what the what the country was at the time and what was going on you know during right. the depression so it wasn't like just a story about a horse race you know that that you know he ultimately wins or you know or, or you know trying to triumph over a, you know, it's more than that. It's it's like like it's kind of like almost like a documentary style, but like with 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 a a movie esque uh, acting to it. So it's it's the kind of like best of both worlds, like you know, where you're getting a documentary feel to it because they're giving you facts about what was going on, and then it was the you know it's the, like the stories of these people, you know, kind of thing. Because that's what that's what's the only big thing is because you're going to go all right. Well, you're going to get the guy who created the the Reddit post, you know, that that saw something and then people talking about it and those conversations and, you know, like how they bought in and, you know, why, where they bought in. And that, that's the, uh, that's the, the idea of it. And, uh, um, uh, uh, the, you know, that's, that's the, the, like, to me, that would probably be the only way to make this movie work, you know, in that kind of terms. So it's going to be, it's going to be kind of ridiculous. It's, it's, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it working. I really don't. Like I'm trying, I'm still trying to 
like you know put that together so you know like a process in my brain going it's a neat story you know they said the only thing that came out of it was there was a guy that apparently i think it was in michigan or minnesota i'm not sure exactly where but he sold his stock and got like thirty thousand dollars and he took that money and bought switches from i think i don't know if if it's from GameStop. hopefully hopefully you bought it from but, but he gave it. He gave them away to uh, a children's hospital, you know, to for you know for charity, right. you know, type of thing. So it was like it was like oh, at least they, he did something, you know, positive with the movie, you know, to, the, the positive movie, to, positive with the money that he earned, you know, based off of the you know uh, thing. Of course, I, I I call him an idiot, really, but you know, because I think it was a young millennial kid. That, you know, it's like. You go and yeah, <laughs> you know, I I get it. I, I appreciate it. It's a great story, but you know, <laughs> you know that was thirty thousand dollars that you threw away. You got you got it for nothing, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, I'm just old and cynical. So what do you want? Um, <laughs> but that's the idea. Well, Good. That's all I got, Ed. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's I I don't I don't see that movie working. So. On that note, I think that's uh, we should call it a night. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you haven't already, go to our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter, at Geeksters. Of course, if there's something you want us to talk about or want our opinion on something or you just think it might be a cool article to bring to the show, you can contact Ed at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. Excelsior. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.